And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, uh, YouTube Live, as well as Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I want to just welcome everyone into our broadcast tonight. Um, we get busy, busy, busy news day, of course. A number of things to get into tonight, but this is the uh, day before that uh, the Halloween, you know. And, uh, there's a lot of occult significance to today. There's a lot of just today and tomorrow. Um, people just don't really understand what's going on. Now, on top of that, of course, we're going to be getting into some, some pretty interesting topics there, but, but, uh, coming out of the gate here. Of course, the Mueller indictments. The Mueller indictments today. That's right. Paul Manafort and, uh, Rick Gates, not unexpected considering what we saw over the weekend with, uh, um, the reactions by certain people on Twitter, uh, my concern is who leaked and uh, consider the fact that the news really to me shouldn't be right now is the fact that, uh, that Manafort was indicted. The, the news to me should be who leaked that. You're talking about a secret of a grand jury panel. Uh, you got three, you got three places where it could have come from. Mueller's team, the grand jury itself, both of which would be federal violations or the defendant. And I can't, for the I, I don't believe the defendant spoke, either uh, Gates or or uh, uh, Manafort. So that leaves, uh, especially to CNN, leaking that up to CNN. There you have it. That's the story. No one's paying attention to that part of the story. Now, coming out of the Gate Show, we're going to have Peter Chalka with us because he's got. Uh, we're looking at a um, the media right now is certainly not. Donald Trump's friend, except for not at all. Uh, now, Don, now, however, Fox News is making some changes. Peter Chalka called it. He nailed it. He called it. As a matter of fact, he's got some. He should take a victory lap when he comes on air. I hope he does. Um, but he's, he's going to be joining us momentarily. Just let, let us know when he's when he's, he's on. He's ready. Okay. Um, someone I am honored to call my friend. Someone who I believe is one of the foremost. Uh, Researchers, in, especially with respect to media today, Peter Barry Chauka, uh, writing for Hagman Report, writing for American Thinker, just an all-around uh, fantastic researcher. Peter, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Doug. It's great to be with you again. I know you're. I, I know you're not at, at home. You're you're on the road. So I thank you for uh, not only your gift of time, but also your the inconvenience. Uh, I know this is going to be an inconvenience for you. Um, all that said. Uh, big day in the media, uh, w- w- and, and you've, you've been nailing the, these media stories left and right, 100% accurate with accuracy. Um, what's what's significant about today, Peter? That's that we should be paying attention to. Well, in addition to the incredible news breaking today about the indictments uh, handed down by the grand jury in Washington D.C., uh, it's really a big day in the history and in the future of the Fox News Channel. I I would argue possibly 
their biggest day in a schedule change since they first went on the air 21 years ago this month. Uh, later tonight, they are solidifying their brand new primetime schedule, primetime being the hours of between 8 and 11 p.m. Eastern, and Tucker Carlson will continue to be on at 8, Sean Hannity at 9, and Hannity moved to that time slot five weeks ago to directly challenge Rachel Maddow, and uh, that was the first part of this new schedule change, but completing it tonight at 10 o'clock will be the premiere of Laura Ingram's new program, The Ingram Angle, and then following her at 11 p.m. is a brand new live hour of uh, news, uh, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, hosted by Shannon Bream. And Shannon Bream is a, an attorney and the former Supreme Court reporter for Fox News, as well as an anchor, part-time anchor or substitute anchor, and now she has her own show. So this new schedule from 8 p.m. to midnight is, I think, a powerhouse in terms of fair and balanced with a conservative tilt uh, media in, in the mainstream media. And in addition, tonight marks the beginning of Fox News's broadcasting 20 hours a day, Monday through Friday, live. They will no, no longer have as many replays. Uh, prior to this change tonight, they were having um, eight hours a day of recorded replays, but now they're going to be live right through 12 midnight Eastern time, at which time they'll start four hours of replays. But uh, that will bring them really head-to-head -head with CNN and MSNBC, both of which also broadcast live until 12 midnight. And you're at a ratings advantage when you're broadcasting live because a replay usually doesn't get uh, as many viewers as a live program. So uh, Fox is pulling together its schedule after the previous 15 months of chaos and problems, which followed uh, allegations of sexual harassment, which we've covered on many previous broadcasts and I've reported on in many of my articles, uh, the uh, elimination of Roger Ailes and some other top executives and the uh, talent, uh, talent leaving Fox News, and they've really been in a bad place. But since the, since the first salvo in this new schedule began five weeks ago, it's been looking really good. Sean Hannity, for example, moving from 10 o'clock to 9 p.m., has uh, started winning that time slot again for Fox News against Rachel Maddow. She had actually moved into the lead, incredibly, uh, starting in May when all the chaos at Fox began. But uh, it, it looks like a brighter outcome. And it should be mentioned that uh, why do we pay so much attention to what's happening with Fox News as we have been doing? Exactly. I'm sure many people out there are asking, well, what does it matter, Peter? Uh, why, you know, why? And please do tell us because this, I, I love this about you and I love the, I love this about why we should pay attention and people listen to this. Go ahead, Peter. There are a number of reasons and I know you appreciate it as well, Doug, because you're often talking about and crediting Fox News for the really fine work that they're doing, which is not to say that the channel is perfect. They have a, a lot of left-wing folks on there during the day and even in prime time, but that's part of their fair and balanced legacy. And no other mainstream channel in the United States, a news channel or otherwise, has its prime time dominated 
by folks who are conservative. Tucker Carlson, uh, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, and Shannon Bream, who's not uh, an outfront conservative, but she's a very, very capable, fair anchor. Uh, this is a real strong uh, lineup for a mainstream media source. And as Sean Hannity often says, and he's been saying it for several years now, uh, mainstream journalism is effectively dead in this country, with the exception of Fox News. So Fox News stands alone there, and it's not only that they present uh, conservative points of view. I mean, you and I and many of our audience know that really to get into these issues, to understand them, to probe, to get to the real deep politics of these stories, you've got to read especially online alternative sources. So we understand that. But still for many folks, it's the mainstream media that's the place they go to first. And not only that, in recent months, Sean Hannity, and I know you've reported this, I've reported this extensively, Sean Hannity on his program has been breaking news, uh, not only from what he's been reporting, but he invites guests on, uh, like... Uh, Sarah Carter of Circle News, yep. uh, his colleague um, Greg Jarrett, the attorney, uh, a whole range of people, Jay Seculo. These and other people have been doing the real journalism that's left in this country, and, and Sean Hannity has brought them to the fore. So he's doing uh, coverage that I wind up quoting in my articles and then following up on. So he's to be given enormous credit. Some people are still stuck at looking at the Sean Hannity of the past when he was on with Alan Combs, a show that ended in January of 2009, and then Sean went out on his own. But he has grown with the times and um, is, is really, in my opinion, doing exceptional work. So, uh, yes, Fox News is not the be-all, end-all. They, they still have people on there like Juan Williams, and they seem to be bringing... Uh, the Obama administration person, Marie Harf, into yeah. a more prominent role. And, and those things disturb me and concern me, but uh, I wait for prime time, and even if they have left-wingers on there, uh, they usually do themselves in, because Hannity, uh, Carlson, Laura Ingram, they've got the facts, and they're not afraid to... Uh, to speak their minds. So, well, I, I, got that, a, I got a prediction for you, Peter. Um, between now and uh, I'll, I'll give you six months. Uh, my, my my thinking is three, but six months you're going to be on there with uh, Sean Hannity. That's just my my thought. But uh, <laughs> as a guest, and, and folks listening, watching, you, you watch, man. It's going to happen. Go on, sir. Sorry. Well, I, I just want to review briefly how we even got to this part of of our reporting because yes, I've broken a lot of these stories and uh, the recent. Uh, high point, which we'll talk about before the half hour is over. But uh, my colleagues in this have been you, Joe, and your entire crew there, John, Eric, Jackie, and uh, the Hagman Report, and also American thinker Thomas Lifson. It was back on uh, May 19th that American thinker, which I had written before, for before, published my first long article on the cable news wars and Fox News in particular. And the day before, Roger Ailes, the uh, original CEO and co-founder of Fox News, had passed away. So the timing was strange and ironic in a way. But that first article of mine, which pointed out the problems with Fox News and outlined the cable news wars, uh, a surprise to me went incredibly viral. It was picked up early on by Real Clear Politics, 
a very highly trafficked, mainstream, credible site. And over the next seven days, my article was linked at the homepage of Real Clear Politics in as many as three places simultaneously. And it fell into a column as one of the three most read articles of that week. Uh, I was sharing that designation with Alan Dershowitz and another really famous writer. So I was scratching my head wondering how that even happened, but it, it was meant to be and it got things off to a really strong start. So I stayed with that beat of uh, the media, the cable wars, Fox News, as events were unfolding throughout the summer and right now into the fall. You know, as, as the media is intersecting with the resistance movement, so-called, I mean, virtually all other mainstream media, whether electronic or print now, is part of what was being called the resistance to the Trump presidency. They are out there to get Trump, and the studies at Harvard and elsewhere are proving this point with the completely lopsided negative coverage of the Trump administration by every mainstream media, with the exception of Fox News, which is running close to 50-50 pro and con of the uh, Trump administration. So it's really the last vestige of anything passing for real journalism, that is Fox News. But as the spring and summer went on, I continued to report on the media, the cable wars, and I think I've done... uh, over 40 articles on that subject now. I've written about other things, of course, too, both for both American Thinker and the Hagman Report. And I remember the day, June 6th. I actually get emotional when I think about it. <laughs> June 6th, when we did our first show. And really, it was a really fabulous moment. It was. Hooking up, hooking up with you guys. So, <clears throat> you're the man. You know, you're a major part of the picture of what we're trying to do. Well, Peter, look, um, you know, folks, we live this every day. Peter lives this every day. The, you know, the resistance angle that we're talking about here, the fight, it's not just a nine to five fight. It's not just a one article fight. It's a constant fight. And, and I feel, I feel your heart there, my man. I really do. And you've got, uh, you've got a big heart and a lot of emotion and, uh, deservedly so. And I was telling, I was telling you off air before we started that I just came in from, uh, the second day of visiting the uh, living museum of the aircraft carrier, the USS Midway which is docked here in San Diego. And uh, really, this is almost a life-changing event to to visit this aircraft carrier, which was in service from right after World War II, starting September of 1946, until after the, uh, the Gulf War that ended in 1992, or 1991, actually, and it was decommissioned in 92. And words can't describe what the experience is like visiting this aircraft carrier and and seeing for yourself the conditions that the crew lived in and worked in, the the absolute um, incredible nature of, of what they had to give up to live on this ship when it was deployed for months at a time. 
and we visited every part of the ship, the bridge where the, the captain sat in the captain's chair, the crew's quarters, the officer's quarters, these incredible uh, stations where the flights were managed. Uh, there's a central part of the ship which has just been recently opened up, which was kind of the electronic brain of the ship with computers from the 70s and 80s. It's all still as it was on its last deployment. And I came away, of course, with a feeling that this was when America was at its apex, the American century, the middle of the 20th century until the end of the 20th century. And it just gives you such a feeling for the commitment, the bravery, the heroism, and the intelligence of the men, I think it was mostly men at that point on the ship, who designed it, built it, and then sailed it and flew off of its deck into combat uh, during the Vietnam War. But at every other period, it's living history. They were in the Korean War, the Cold War. Uh, they, they served to pick up astronauts who were coming back from space. They evacuated people from Saigon uh, from the helicopters in 1975. And finally, they deployed uh, during the... Uh, Gulf War of 1991. So it just, again, words can't describe it. But you know, I think I think what we're about, what I, what I thought of when I'm walking along this ship on the flight deck is, what are we here for? We're here to help make America great again, right? And that's what this ship is all about. This ship is a living instance of when America was great and. I hope we can get back there because we've got a lot of history behind us that should be propelling us into greatness once again. You know, and I'll tell you something. It's it's. Uh, I can feel that emotion kind of going through you, and I can only imagine as you walk down those that, that all the history, the halls of history. It's just, and you're right. It's that sentiment uh, that that uh, American exceptionalism. It's what made us great, and we need that greatness back because for eight years we've been just uh, being told we were, we were told that we were the basically, you know, the scrapings of a shoe. And there was an eight-year apology tour across the world, and it's it's now uh, now it's time to regain that, uh, that 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 strong feeling. But but Peter. Uh, I, I, I have to compliment you, and I don't know how many people out there, listeners and viewers out there, know this. Um, well, I'll just come around and say it, and we can we can go back and kind of dissect it. But uh, the president of the United States actually recognized uh, Peter Barry Chalka's work. That's right, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, recognized Peter Barry Chalka's work, and uh, through Sean Hannity. And uh, I just want to say congratulations because you you deserve it. You want to tell people about that because I think that's kind of exciting. Thank you, Doug. And yes, he recognized uh, my work that was published at the Hagman Report. Uh, Sean, it was Sean Hannity who encouraged me to get finally get dip my toe into social media, which I'd been reluctant to do and to uh, sign up for a Twitter account, which I did at his recommendation two months ago. And he said, you know, I'll retweet you, Peter, that'll help. And he's been true to his word. Um, when I uh, write my articles, I put a, I tweet them. I tweet a link to it at, uh, at Twitter, both American Thinker articles and the Hagman version of the articles. And Sean has retweeted about uh, five of my articles for both American Thinker and the Hagman Report. And they've gotten 
pretty good number of page views as a result and have, have pumped up my Twitter followers. And then last um, Wednesday evening, uh, here on the road, I wrote a very quick article uh, reporting on how Sean Hannity, and in particular, and uh, Fox News, is doing very, very well in the ratings now. And this was uh, this needed to be said in the midweek last because some dirt had been thrown at Fox News again with the New York Times' latest hit piece on Bill O'Reilly, who's been gone from Fox News for over six months now. But I felt that that was interesting timing, that the mainstream was trying to drag down Fox News again on the verge of its launch of its new schedule tonight. So I wrote a very quick article and uh, put it up at both, uh, well, I submitted it to American Thinker where it went online, and I put it up at the Hagman Report, actually a slightly different article at the Hagman Report with a different title and a different graphic. And I tweeted um, tweeted both of them, and I emailed the tweets to Sean Hannity. And on this occasion, he retweeted my tweet pointing to the Hagman article. And that really started to, the timing was right even before anybody else got a hold of it, anybody else in a high place. And I saw the, the page views, the likes, uh, my followers, and uh, the retweets going really, really high, much higher than any of the earlier retweets from Sean. And then on Thursday evening, I discovered that, guess who else had retweeted it? But uh, President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> That's it's just so Absolutely amazing. mind-boggling. You know? I mean, I, I kept pinching myself and checking, rechecking, am I really on the real Donald Trump's Twitter? And there it was. <laughs> there it was, retweeted. And, yes, he follows Sean Hannity. They make no secret that they're friends and they follow each other's work, and this shows that the President of the United States, who does his own tweeting, or, or else instructs his aide what to tweet, is in charge of his Twitter. So he either he either read the article, possibly it's a short article, or he certainly saw it and retweeted it. And, uh, I mean, you know, this is like a dream come true. I mean, really, no matter who's the President, even if... Barack Obama had retweeted an article of mine, I would have been happy on some level when somebody at that level recognizes your work. But I mean, in this case, it's the icing on the cake. So, but you know, credit is also, also needs to be paid to the Hagman Report in this case because you have provided the outlet and the venue for this work to reach an audience and American thinker as well, although in, in this occasion, the Hagman Report uh, won out in the retweet, and I couldn't be happier about that because, you know, part of my uh, agenda and mission now, working so closely with you guys for the last four or five months, is to work together so that we advance the cause together. And, and as we all hopefully rise in, in public awareness and outreach and an audience, it's not only the better for all of us, but for the country at large, you know, I really believe that, oh, and it, it, it's that kind of collaborative undertaking that's, uh, you know, that's so essential, and it's so rare. I mean, I have to say that in this world, with everybody supposedly networked and connected and on social media, uh, it is not that easy to find colleagues who are smart, principled, sincere, dedicated. And, and willing to share credit 
and and help you know others um, advance. And that you know that's the bottom line of the Hagman report as I knew it as a listener even before we became closely involved uh, in June. And and I, and I have to say this: it's it's. Uh you you bring a lot of class to this joint okay um, uh, I just uh, but honestly you bring a lot of character and a lot of class your your care your concern for the state of the, our nation and your and your investigative reporting abilities is second to none in my view you really have a lot of um, insight and uh, you know when when people ask um uh well it, this is so important because we're fighting a leviathan of lies. How's that? A leviathan of lies. And Good. you're, you're on the front line. You, you really are. And you're really, you're, you're holding the media to account and you're holding others to account and you're bringing out what's really needs to be brought out and no one else is doing it like you do it. So I, for that, we thank you. And, uh, man, everyone should, uh, studio, let's, let's have a studio applause, right? Okay, no, I'm, we have no studio audience, but if we did, there'd be, they'd be applauding, for sure. Maybe you can get Lady to bark. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's at my, she's at my feet, as usual. Uh, well, Doug, Doug, right back at you, because it's this collaborative, uh, environment that we're working in, which really makes it all possible. I mean, I could be out here, uh, you know, ranting uh, to the moon, but no, I'm on the Hagman Report with all of your audience. I'm at American Thinker, and and you know, in 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 the last few months, because of this outreach, uh, I've been published at um, Infowars on one prominent occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Buchanan's website highlighted one of my articles on its front page, and it's still archived there. Real Clear Politics picked up an article so you know none of that would have been possible without the um the venue of american thinker amen and now now rising quickly in the firmament the hagman report with uh with all that you do so this is why we got to stick together brother this This is where it's at that's right this is why we got to stick together and this is why your star is rising quickly as well uh, Peter, thank you so very much again for your gift of time. I know you're on the road. Uh, God bless you and yours, and uh, thank you so much for sharing what you did tonight. Man, until next time, my friend, travel safe, okay? Absolutely. Thank you, Doug. God bless. Thanks, brother. Peter Very Chauka. Follow Peter on Twitter, at Pete Okay, you've got to do that. Follow him on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, open one. Follow him. Get the word before everyone else gets it. That's Peter Barry Chowka. We're going to be right back after Network Breaks there right where you're at. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. 
Kirkus Review states, readers of end times fiction will be hard pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast paced. Blue Wink Reviews boldly states, fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. of the Hagman Report. It is uh, just a news-heavy day, of course. Woke up uh, this morning. Well, not woke up this morning. If you woke up at uh, 4, like like some of us do, Mm -hmm. you know, Eastern Time, uh, well, you had to wait a few hours to to really be confirmed the fact that uh, Paul Manafort and uh, Rick Gates, his uh, deputy assistant, were indicted by the Mueller grand jury. How that happened? Well, we can spend the whole show. In fact, gee whiz, I think I might have today at nine o'clock. Um, actually, it was kind of funny because it, the, the news overlapped. I, I wasn't watching, and, and nonetheless, so I predicted the the Manafort and Gates um, uh, indictment after it happened. I mean, just minutes after it happened. So, nonetheless, you know, hey, things happen. But that's on the uh, Hagman, Doug Hagman radio show. That's my show, 9 to 10 Eastern. Joe and John, they've got a show 2 to 3, as if you can't get enough of Hagman, right? And then 7 to 8 is our flagship show, and we're having our next guest. Uh, uh, the only thing i got to say about our next guest is if you're having dinner and you're eating a pork chop, put that pork chop down. All right, put it down. Put the bacon story. down. Uh, 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 BLT, you want that, uh, right? Well, you're going to find out why in a, in a moment. Um, but again, a news-heavy day, and this in, 
Uh, I'm going to thank as well Peter Barry Chauka, uh, because he has done such a phenomenal job. That man works 24-7. And if you don't think what he's talking about is important, think again, because really, just as the United States is the last uh, speed bump before this globalist takeover, so too is Fox News and the, and the captured corporate mass media and not the entirety of Fox News but there's a thin line uh, there, there's like this this uh, standoff uh, I, should, I, I want to be, be careful with my words there's this uh, situation with Fox News where you've got uh, Shepard Smith on one side and then uh, 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 you know you've got Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and uh, others like Contributors like Judge Napolitano on the other side, constitutionalists and, and people who really care about the country. And I know I'm going to need emails from just saying what I just said. But look, Peter Barry Chowka, the real deal. Uh, help him, support him, follow him, follow him on Twitter, Pete Chowka. And again, my thanks go out to him as well. Before we get to our next guest, uh, as I said, portion of the nice broadcast brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. Let me ask you, are you in need of great talent for your business, but are you short on time? You don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find your perfect hire. You need just the right tools. You need the smarter tools, really. And what if I told you hiring could be made easier, more streamlined, less time-consuming? Are you paying attention yet? You should be. So even when you're busy, you can still be smart about the way you hire. Well, I've got something for you. ZipRecruiter.com. You see, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click, so you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidate. Then, ZipRecruiter puts smart matching technology to work, actively notifying quality candidates about your job within minutes of posting, so you receive the best possible matches right away. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. And unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter does not depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. You can even get a head start on the interview process by adding screening questions to your job post to help identify the most qualified candidates so you don't have to waste time sorting through a stack of resumes to find the perfect fit. Let me tell you, that was my problem before, and we've used ZipRecruiter with great success. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one one day. That's right. Listen to that. 80% employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And the easy-to-use ZipRecruiter dashboard lets you manage your hiring process from start to finish all in one place. If I can do it, you can do it. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Now, here's what you need to do. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with Right now, immediate results. Right now, listeners to the Hagman Report. If you are hiring, if you own a small, medium, large business, it doesn't matter. Our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Hagman. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Hagman. One more time to try it for free. You're not going to find this anywhere else of this nature. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Hagman. You're going to thank me later. You really will. ZipRecruiter.com slash Hagman. What a great way to, to find the best candidate for the job job your job now um we, we've had uh again uh, the heavy news day but let's take a little little side venture here you, you know we had honeybee joe we had honeybee in the studio last week mm-hmm. and we we talked about some really ugly stuff there's so much ugly stuff going on out there look pizza gates real Pettigate's real i don't care go ahead and uh, censor us for saying that 
if if you believe that that's just nothing more than uh, some artistic leanings uh, of uh, some uh, eccentric individuals, then you know what? I can't help you. You're beyond help. Our next guest is going to be talking about a situation. In fact, if you haven't heard of it, you're going to need to hear about this. His name is David Hawkins. We're very fortunate to have him. He's a Cambridge educated, um, in fact, he's graduated uh, first class honors degree in mechanical engineering from Cambridge University. Yeah, that's me too. I can do that, right? No, I don't think so. Uh, he's a forensic economist at Hawks Cafe, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. He is, uh, and co-founder of org or associate of Field McConnell. He came to us via Field McConnell. And uh, he's a forensic economist. His focus really is on forensic uh, econ- economics, I'm sorry, uh, for disaster analysis and virtual reality prototyping. Just something that we, you know, I do on the back. It's my hobby. Yeah, right. You think this guy's got it together? Absolutely, he does. He offers keynote speeches, workshops on, on, or consultancy on the, uh, number of different projects. But having said all that, welcome David Hawkins to the program. Mr. Hawkins, thanks for joining us today. Well, hello, Douglas, and hello, Joe. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Oh, well. Thanks for coming uh, yeah, on. Man. And, uh, David, we, we got your audio. It sounds great, but we need you to turn on the uh, video camera. We don't have you on video. So we can see your, Shining face. Yes, well, I'm trying to, and there's a little camera with a bar across it, and I'm clicking on that, and I'm trying to accept it, but it won't accept my acceptance. Well, no. no so okay. some safety can tell me, well, tell me what I'm not doing right. Uh, well, we can, let's see. It, um, sometimes it takes a, a, a minute or so, like like 30 seconds when you click on that. It should be automatic, but I, I just went through this last week with mine. I'm not sure. But in the meantime, we'll work through it. Um, okay. All right. Well, Mr. Hawkins, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Um, we, we asked you, I know John asked you to come on because you were front and center in a specific case. Oh man, how many people have heard of the Robert Picton case? Raise your hands. And I can't see anyway, so. Um, can we start out there talking about the Robert Picton case? Yes, certainly. It's an amazing story. This is a federally registered society called Piggy Palace Good Time Society. When I say federally registered, it must have been done with the knowledge and consent of senior people in Ottawa. And what they were licensed to do was to have um, sports and entertainment events. And they ran these sports and entertainment events, I believe, theoretically to raise money to help women off the streets in the downtown east side, which is the poorest postcode in, uh, in Canada. Uh, unfortunately for the for women in the downtown east side, it would appear that upwards of 60 to 100 of these women were abducted over a period from 1996 to 2002 and taken out to the pig farm for what they described as raves, R-A-V-E-S. And essentially there would be audiences phone or bust in from all over North America of up to 1,800 to 2000 and just to give you a flavor and I'm sorry if this is bad news but uh, I know a woman who knew her brother had gone out to the pig farm where these women were murdered and a number of them were actually eaten in cannibal feasts and the woman told me that her brother had said to her he would rather die or commit suicide than appear in a court as a witness to what he saw at the pig farm so That gives you a flavor of the enormity of this crime, and it's been buried by multiple jurisdictions, if you will, 
And uh, I said to myself when I heard about it, um, and I heard pretty early in the 90s, that those women deserve justice because whether they're prostitutes and First Nations people, they have as much a right to live as the wealthiest uh, debutante in the Vancouver area. Amen. Amen. And that's what this is all about. And just to give people kind of a wide-angle view, it was from 78, roughly 1978 to 2001, there was at least 65 women who disappeared from the downtown Eastside District of Vancouver, as um, Mr. Hawkins had that stated, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, that is, in promoting, uh, or prompting, uh, one of the, prompting the largest serial killer investigation in Canadian history. This is kind of criminal minds stuff, if you will. And, um, yeah, Robert Picton was charged, by the way, with murdering 26 of the women, uh, convicted on six charges, and, uh, in a jail cell conversation with an undercover police officer, if you can believe this, Picton claimed to have murdered 49 women. And in fact, he was sad. Uh, he kind of kicked himself in the butt for not hitting the 50 mark, and it's just repulsive. But see, this stuff goes on out there. So, I, I now there, people might say, "Well, why? why? Why talk about this?" Well, there's a lot to learn from this, and, and you know, you're right. Uh, one thing that you said. Um, as investigators, it, it doesn't matter if a prostitute is killed or one of the highest society um, a person. It doesn't matter. It, it's a person, someone's daughter, someone's son, someone's brother, mother, sister, wife, aunt, uncle. It doesn't matter. It's a human being. And uh, so you're absolutely right in this. So, yes, great overview, by the way. Thank you. Now, um, I don't even know how to start this off because... This is so heinous. Um, how, how did you get involved in this? I mean, uh, well, I suppose my, with my background, when I left uh, Cambridge, I joined a French exploration company and travelled around the world. And they were very kind to give me some interesting, challenging work. And I became a troubleshooter and also helped uh, put out oil fires on wells. I learned how to handle explosives. And my last job with them was um, I was coordinator of artificial intelligence and geoscience research in Richfield in Connecticut. So, you know, I travel the world not in the interests of solving crimes, but solving management problems or technical problems. And I found from my experience that uh, when you have an issue, let's say a problem that appears to be a management, it's much more frequently a problem of people not doing what they should do rather than doing what they shouldn't do. Anyway, cut a long story short, when I arrived in British Columbia in 92, I smelt probably the most corrupt jurisdiction in the province of British Columbia and the country of Canada of anywhere I've worked and I've worked in some pretty uh, tough spots including Nigeria and Indonesia that perhaps at first blush people might say well they're pretty corrupt but the kind of corruption I encountered for example in Nigeria was uh, you might arrive at a roadblock uh, because someone thinks you're driving on the wrong side of the road and really all they want is a bit of money to let you through but here uh, and I think this is true of many of these uh, supposedly civilized countries like Canada and the United States and uh, Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom, is you don't see a physical roadblock. You actually run into a virtual roadblock. And there are people who are running the roadblock, who are watching you very carefully, who know a great deal about you. And uh, they don't necessarily want money. They want control. Um, and many people run into these roadblocks and they might be killed, and quite often their deaths are considered to be collateral. So 
short answer to your question is I believe British Columbia and Canada uh, is the most uh, corrupt uh, are the most corrupt senior jurisdictions in the world over to you so you have a, a case here where nobody's willing to acknowledge that there was a, a serial killer working and then you have as you said one of the most corrupt jurisdictions uh, local jur- police jurisdictions that there is and so uh, I guess that, that's a the, recipe for that's a recipe for good stuff, recipe, right? A perfect recipe for yeah. uh, for this to take place. And so women started disappearing uh, in the east side of Vancouver. And from what I understand, this is an area where you have lots of crime and and uh, you know drug dealers and whatnot. And even the, uh, the 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 prostitutes started to take measures to try to narrow down what was happening to these people by, uh, from what I'm reading, they were taking the license plates of uh, where other girls, in cars other girls got into, and they were walking around in groups. But you have this this uh, predator taking uh, prostitutes, and they are disappearing. So what what happens that gets this, um, this case uh, in the news? Well, uh, obviously the scale, uh, the serial killing, the manner of the killing. For example, they found uh, fridges full of body parts, uh, including a skull split down the middle, probably with a chainsaw. And uh, you have between 1,800 and 2,000 people showing up. There was a regular gig, uh, a music group called Dead on Arrival. One of their principal claims to fame is is a song called Last Scream of the Missing Neighbors. So you've got a, a monumental crime going on under the umbrella or jurisdiction of the federal government of Canada. It, it is after a federal registered society. Um, there, there were, I believe, six trustees of this society. And I've often, in our conversations with Phil McConnell and so on, been telling people, with a crime on this scale, you don't go for murder one because there's too many very, very frightened people involved. They're not going to tell you anything. Uh, with this kind of uh, problem or crime, you need to go for wrongful death. So, for example, when those women went to perform in the shows with the music from uh, Dead on Arrival, uh, they were uh, under a duty of care of the trustees of that society. So what should have happened, in my opinion, is the trustees, and I know the names of three, the siblings, the Picton siblings, but there were three others whose names I haven't been able to find, they should have been sued for wrongful death and damages. And it's a bit like the O.J. situation. They couldn't prove murder one because the glove didn't fit. Well, this clown, had obviously tightened up his hand so it wouldn't fit into the glove which was wet or something. So uh, I think his lawyer said, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. So the family of Nicole Simpson's um, boyfriend went after him for uh, wrongful death, and they won. Now, my point is whether or not he paid up, I think it was a $30 million fee. The important thing is you get discovery, and it's a lower burden of proof. And with all of these incidents where we you know, claim it's terrorism or whatever, uh, it's much better to go after people who have a duty of care for the victims and get discovery and don't go through the criminal courts, go through the civil courts. Over to you. Okay, uh, and that's an interesting point because, and I'm going to toss it to Joe here in a second, uh, what you bring up because just to kind of go back a little bit, low priority victims, if there is such a thing, but that's, you know, kind of 
what what you're referencing. Then you've got the uh, the actual courts court process, the criminal court process, which is corrupt anyway at at varying levels or all levels. And then you've got uh, so so then the 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 key here is the civil aspect um, to this, which leads to discovery, which leads to uh, more of the truth than not. Okay, I, I'm getting that. And, and by the way, folks, our guest is David Hawkins, abledanger.org, talking in this conversation about the uh, Picton, P-I-C-K-T-O-N case. Very interesting. Again, this gentleman's Cambridge educated and uh, extremely well versed in this matter as well as other matters, but and, and how this over, overlaps into today. Go ahead, Joe, because I know you, you were coming out of the gate and I didn't yeah, disrupt, um, disrupt you there. And, and maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead. But as the, um, you know, the Vancouver police, uh, were continually asked about these missing people and they were never able to prove if they were missing and moved away. Many of them were, were, uh, drug addicts and as we said, prostitutes. So it does seem like they are given a, a lower, uh, priority than a, a case, uh, in the regular world, uh, how that would look. But what's interesting here, and we've seen throughout so many investigations into serial killers is how the police catch them usually is is them making a mistake or uh the police being very um vigilant in in their police work and and you know from a parking ticket to a busted taillight you can see a serial killer uh and how they've been captured the vancouver police had similar opportunities or the uh, i'm not sure if it's the uh, Vancouver police, but he, this man Picton was arrested in 1997 after getting into an altercation with a woman trying to, to handcuff her. They got into a knife fight and, uh, from what I'm reading, the, the, an orderly at the hospital found in Pinkton's pocket a key that fit the handcuffs that were on, that he tried to put on the woman's wrist and he was arrested and charged with attempted murder. What happened to that initial case? Uh, it went uh, nowhere, and what's intriguing is the Vancouver police and the RCMP allegedly went out to the pig farm to watch the performances where the women would presumably strip up on a stage in front of an audience of up to 1,800 to 2,000 people. The problem, I think, for the Vancouver police and the RCMP radio, uh, sorry, um, Royal Canadian Mountain Police is as they went into this converted barn, apparently they'd spent over a million dollars on turning it into a high-grade nightclub, um, they went past uh, cameras, and their faces would have been recorded in the audience watching what happened to the women up on the stage, and subsequently by um, a piece of software known as Demon Face Recognition Software, developed by a United Kingdom outsourcer called Serco. And if Americans think that they shouldn't have to worry about Serco, let me assure them they should, because Serco was given uh, an outsource contract to run the United States uh, National Visa Center. It now runs the United States Patent and Trademark Office. It runs the United States Defense Ammunition Center. It runs the Defense Red Switch Network for the National Command Authority. So you, with all due respect in America, you've allowed a British outsourcer with a very unfortunate pedigree 
to infiltrate your government and in fact run very significant parts of the Department of Defense and the justice arm of the American government. What? <laughs> I, 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 no, no, no. Wait a second. Whoa, hold the phone. Say that again? Well, no, I mean, uh, you don't have to say that again. But uh, So, wait a second. We outsourced... The, huh? the National Visa Center in 1994, when Hillary Clinton was first lady and Christine Marcy Field's sister was the senior counsel for the detention and deportation program of the Immigration and Naturalization Service. So, America, I'm sorry to say, you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, somebody pick up the white courtesy phone, will you? Um, okay. I, I didn't know that. I, and I'm, I'm, my surprise is genuine. Um, Oh my goodness. May I tell you, if I may, uh, what Serco's name was before its uh, initial public offering in 1988, uh, which was arranged, I believe, by Serco's investment banker. Okay, I'm buckled uh, by in. By the name of Wilbur Ross. Wilbur Ross. Go, uh, Commerce Secretary. Yeah. Or Trump. Yeah, he's and the... 25 years with N.M. Rothschild and Sons. Nice. Okay. So, uh, in 1998, um, the name of this organization stopped being RCAGB 1929, and RCAGB, as you can imagine, is Radio Corporation of America, Great Britain, 1929. Back in 1929, it's a wholly owned subsidiary of Radio Corporation of America, which would have described itself back then as a radio patent monopoly company. So, unfortunately, you converted the Radio Corporation of America's subsidiary in the United Kingdom into Serco, and Serco continued to provide the Allies with, for example, the four-minute warning system of a nuclear attack. Okay, that's a good thing to outsource. I mean, you know, what the heck? Uh... I wish uh, I could see I'm, myself on the camera because I'd like to see my own expression. But anyway, please go ahead. Yeah, uh, and by the way, folks, we're working on that. Thank you for helping us out and for supporting us. Uh, we're actually, uh, um, now that's a whole other story, but we actually have to get another piece of equipment to, to actually feed. Our loopback system is down, so we apologize. Um, and that's, you know, that's only a $10,000 piece of equipment, but that's, that's not much. Um, all right. Oh my goodness! I'm just uh, I'm stunned. I, I'm first of all I'm repulsed at the information about the Pickton case, but I'm stunned about what uh, Joe. You better jump in here and save me because I don't know. Well, what Wilbur this... Ross uh, has been a known globalist for a long time, and many people just to, to get to the political side of this, many people were very unhappy with Trump's selection. Yeah. Uh, of him and many other, uh, you know, former Goldman Sachs guys that, that made it, uh, into his administration. And it's, it's interesting to, to get that piece of his past. I didn't know about the, the Rothschilds and co. Uh, I didn't, I don't know that too much about him, but. But was, uh, were we napping? Joe, were we napping when this happened? I mean, uh, no. were we napping, uh, to, to hear this from, well, it's that's the boiled frog syndrome, gentlemen, if I may say so. Oh, yeah. Because this has been, since 1929, British intelligence um, 
some people might say that's an oxymoron, but I, <laughs> I think I think we survived pretty well. But British intelligence is exceedingly effective at penetrating the administration of its enemies, and wow. we are deep inside. Now, when I say we, there are many honourable Brits, just like there are many honourable Americans. But there are people who are not so honourable. And let me just pick up on Wilbur Ross. Uh, you may or may not know that he's a member of a Greek life community called uh, Kappa Beta Phi. And Kappa Beta Phi is the mirror image of Phi Beta Kappa, which is the most prestigious honour society in the United States, right. with 18 presidents that were member of it. Right. And both Kappa Beta Phi and Phi Beta Kappa were formed in 1776, which I think from America's point of view should be quite interesting. Interesting in a number of different ways. Hold that thought, because we're up against the top of the hour network break. Three minutes. You've got three minutes. I've got three minutes to compose myself after hearing this. More on the other side with our very special guest, David Hawkins, abledanger.org. This man... um, yeah, friends with Phil McConnell. Yeah, and uh, he's been a guest on our show a few times, and the audience I have to get some oxygen wants him to come back. And we're going to continue to get into uh, the wow. Picton case. Yeah, uh, with David Hawkins on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to this Monday edition of the Hagman Report. Go to abledanger.org, by the way. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right. You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a thing, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an M.O.K. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash... 
Trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. TimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288. PreciousTimberProfits.com. Precious Timber Profits. We've got the best jobs in the world. I really do. Sometimes I feel like uh, uh, the people that we speak to, such as Mr. David Hawkins, uh, is you learn so much. And I want to thank uh, Mr. David Hawkins for for his gift of time to appear tonight on the Hagman Report. Uh, what an, it, 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 again, though, with that greatest feeling in the world comes the the weight of the news. And so fr- from Robert Picton and the case from the Robert, uh, Robert Picton case uh, of carnage and in, in, in the in the Vancouver uh, cluster, you know what? To uh, through the present day, uh, Mr. Hawkins is going to continue to walk us through some events that you're going to have to pay really close attention to. His website, by the way, is able. Uh, danger.org, abledanger.org. No, uh, in the, no, no awe uh between able and danger. It's just abledanger.org. <laughs> somebody, somebody sent me an email saying, do I put an awe uh in between that? Abledanger.org is the, uh, website. Mr. Hawkins, you gotta continue. Just. Right. Uh, and if I may just mention it's able as in Cain and Abel. Right. Cain killed Abel. And very early on, uh, when Field and I first met, we started discussing the role of his sister in the 911 attack, Christine Marcy. Um, and Field started on a book, um, uh, and we were debating whether to call it uh, Brother Cain and Sister Abel or Brother Abel and Sister Cain. And I said to Field, well, you know, you've really got the choice. Either your sister's going to kill you or you're going to kill her. So uh, I suggest we go Brother Cable, Brother Cain and Sister Abel. Um, but anyway, so it's mm-hmm. abeldanger.org. Now, so back to Christine Marcy and um, and Stephen Paddock. So in 1978, he stops now. The interesting thing about letter carriers for the United States uh, Postal Service is that we need to remember that there were anthrax spores distributed through letters after the 911 attack had not succeeded. Um, now, perhaps people will think that I'm nuts about what their objective was, but I believe it was the overthrow of the United States government. I think they were actually attempting a coup d'etat, and they very nearly pulled it off, and had that fourth plane hit the Capitol building, um, it would have decapitated America because uh, all of your senators and congressmen would have been killed. Um, George Bush and Dick Cheney would have been held hostage, and it would all over be it would be all over by the shouting, and you and I, a gentleman wouldn't be having this conversation, but by the grace of God, that was uh, avoided. But uh, shortly afterwards, there were some letters with weaponized anthrax spores sent through the mail, killed a few people. <clears throat> the interesting thing, the analysis of 
what was done to the anthrax bacillus, which is a rather difficult to disperse. It had been weaponized because it was mixed with what is called a sabotage spore powder, which is improves the dispersivity of the bacillus so that when those letters were opened it got inside people's lungs and some of them uh, died of uh, anthrax uh, infection um, now Stephen Potter was a, a letter carrier for the United States Postal Service uh, up to 1978 and then he became an auditor thanks to Christine Marcy who was the super grade officer at the Office of Personal Management in 1978 who appears to have positioned this guy Stephen Potter as an auditor in the IRS and shortly afterwards an auditor in what was known as the and is known today as the Defense Contract Audit Agency now defense contracts in the United States are notoriously corrupt there's huge amounts of money swilling around you know for $10,000 coffee machines etc etc in the major defense projects handled by let's say Boeing Northrop Grumman, uh, Raytheon, um, and Lockheed Martin. And there's a great opportunity, and Christine Marcy understands that extremely well, to capture what is known as the mentor-protege program and subvert that program by making sure that a huge amounts of money is diverted from the mentor into the hands of what they are known as the small business 8A companies now to be the owner of a small business 8A company receiving uh, loan guarantees and contracts from Boeing you need to be deemed to be disadvantaged by virtue of sex, race and creed so uh, sometimes slightly tongue in cheek uh, I, I tell Field who's as far as I'm aware a two legged heterosexual a white man um, that he doesn't stand a chance in getting contracts through his sister because he's not a black one-legged lesbian and I've got nothing against black one-legged lesbians in fact, you know, I don't know any but that's the kind of criteria that the Small Business Administration has been operating since 1954 We're, so, we're, we're cracking up here, by the way I, I love that um, Okay, wow Is, is that... Is that uh, is that being? I hope it's not being sexist. It's trying to. It's my British sense of humor. No, you're 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 exactly right. You're exactly right, and, and you're colorfully correct, by the way. So, and yeah, I it's love not it. not politically correct, but colorfully correct. That's right. Now, um, so Field's sister in 1993 or so, she was senior counsel for the detention and deportation program of the Immigration and Naturalization Service and I'm far as I'm aware she was sitting at a table with Janet Reno and various other characters discussing how to respond to the Waco uh, situation and I believe, I can't prove it and one day we'll have this woman in court so we'll be able to ask her I believe she told Janet Reno in answer to the question from Janet Reno give me a reason not to do this I believe Christine Marcy Field's sister said they're beating the children and they went in these appalling human beings with paramilitaries and flamethrowers and basically shot up and firebombed the Waco uh, the compound of the Branch Davidians 
and killed about um, 72 people and I like to I choose to ask Americans from a demographic point of view given about um, 66 Brits were killed in the World Trade Center attacks of 911 out of about 3,000 people uh, 60s, I think that's about what 5% or whatever um, how many young black British men would have been killed in that raid into the in the Branch Davidian compound given that there were 72 casualties mainly the others being women and children and the answer is quite astonishing there were 24 young black British men in that compound I didn't know that and that's an extraordinary demographic because you yeah. might expect to find one or two whatever right and I think that Branch Davidian compound um, and these initiation ceremonies like at Bohemian Grove and the Greek Life Societies they are putting the neophytes or the disciples or whatever it is through uh, sexually deviant or pedophile oath-taking ceremonies and taking photographs of them and of course the custodian of those images effectively owns those individuals, young men and young women, I would say, for the rest of their lives. I've seen that. And uh, if you take uh, some of these uh, Greek life societies at various universities, for example, Stephen Paddock's at the uh, California State University, Northridge, if you look at the Greek life societies there, I believe just recently they've banned all pledging activities because about three young people have been killed or murdered or died during those pledging ceremonies and this is a huge problem for uh, communities uh, colleges and universities because in many cases the alumni of those colleges who are members of those Greek life societies donate very generously uh, to the college and are outstanding public citizens but also um, I think you've got the potential for a shakedown operation where you make these people go through these humiliating um, processes or rituals, you take the photographs, and they, whoever they are, the custodians of these images, then create a secret society that maybe JFK touched upon when he was uh, in that speech he gave, I think it, maybe it was at the Waldorf Astoria, I can't quite remember, um, where he said that uh, America faces uh, guerrillas by night and not armies by day with enormous resources and my sense is that the people who are behind those uh, custodians of the images they heard what JFK said and so they had him whacked wow okay and now this makes complete sense to me alright and and and, and I'm a big picture kind of guy so I can relate to what you're saying and, and you're connecting a lot of dots here um, alright Go go back if you don't mind to to Waco the in um, really the the number of Brits twenty four I think you said twenty four twenty four young black British men huh I didn't know that okay so you attribute that to what exactly well I, I believe British intelligence again has understood that the way to take care of uh, 
an ally that gets a little rebellious. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have you take, take you back to 1776. Yeah. Uh, what we need to remember is that there were 13 colonies, and I understand that about 90% of the colonists were quite happy living under the protection, if that's the right word, of King George. And about 10% wanted to break away. And is what did they break away to? Did they break away from the protection of the crown, where actually a British citizen can appeal to the crown for redress, right? And transferred themselves to the big merchant and lending banks of the city of London. And it's my belief that uh, you won your independence and that declaration of independence didn't take care of the debt because the original colonies were financed by city livery companies and uh, of course the grant of the rights in those colonies to the livery companies that did the financing were granted by is it King Charles or King James I in perpetuity Right. so there was no provision for the colonists breaking away and severing their debt repayments from the city of London so I think you'll find that there are many long established organizations in the city of London still believe America belongs to them I get this now okay very okay wow alright uh, it's just as if something clicked as you were explaining this very good if I can impose upon you and I, and I know that uh, or it seems like we're jumping around here you mentioned Stephen Paddock uh I just have to say, I was on a radio program today, KFAQ, out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, talking about that Las Vegas situation, how everything kind of just seemed to drop off. What, what do you know? I mean, what what do you, uh, Mr. David Hawkins, uh, either through reasoned, measured speculation or uh, based on your research, uh, uh, Paddock, Vegas, what the heck? I mean, you, you want to tell me what? what that was all about? I mean. Yeah, sure. I believe that Stephen Paddock uh, was recruited, hired, and deployed by Christine Marfield Tister, who was a super grade in the Office of Personnel Management in 1978. And this woman is an extraordinarily powerful and dangerous woman. I think she's a psychopath, but she's beyond that. She founded, as a charter member, what is known as the United States Service which is a group of bureaucrats. I think now they've, they're about seven to 9,000 strong. Let me just back up. When I was at university in my third year, I did industrial management, and the professor there, he gave us a talk about what we might face as managers in industry, and he said, when you go out into the world, gentlemen, there weren't, I think there were very few women in the, um, in the faculty at that particular time, he said you're going to face uh, three ideologies, and one is more dangerous than the other two, so our attention was piqued, if you will, and uh, he said there's capitalism and there's communism and there's bureaucracy. And everything ever since, gentlemen, that I have done or understood is I realized the bureaucracy is extraordinarily dangerous because it has no empathy. There's no compassion there. It just applies a process. If uh, Hitler tells the bureaucrats to ship X thousand Jews into the gas chambers, they're going to do it. There's no uh, sympathy. And now even communists and capitalists, um, you know, you look at uh, the group 
capitalism maybe become shareholders and successful business people and uh, as far as communism is concerned well they can become slaves and serfs but bureaucracies are very dangerous so when this woman in 1978 appears to have recruited Stephen Paddock she put him through an audit as an auditor of the IRS well that gives him a, him a huge amount of power and insights into how to track people and ultimately if they're hiding taxes get them arrested and lock them up see and of course uh, Al Capone was taken down as I understand it on a, a tax uh, cheating issue and then with the defense contract uh, audit agency uh, he would know how to deploy these ATA protégés underneath the big um, defense contractors like uh, Raytheon and Boeing and Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Martin so for example on 911 what I think happened is that Serco, this outsourcing company from the UK, it flicked what is known as the red switch. And there's technology called the Defense Red Switch Network, where the terminal, you can recognize it on pictures in 2009 on Obama's desk. And shortly afterwards, the next picture is the IST2 terminal, which normally would connect the jet of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the flag officers in the Army, Navy, Air Force and Marine Corps with the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief that phone has been taken away and it's been replaced by an Alcatel-Lucent phone made by a French company and that gentleman is not secure so sometime in the early years of the Obama administration he either allowed or was tricked or persuaded into detaching himself from the National Command Authority and having the responsibility of the Commander-in-Chief transferred to an organization which I believe is in the control of Serco. So the implications of this are huge because this could have been done by expert economist or business administrator like Stephen Paddock because he knows intimately how the IRS, the Defense Contract uh, uh, Audit Agency and the Post Office, the United States Post Office operate and he could launch what in espionage terms is called, or he and his friends, what's called a man a middle attack on the United States National Command Authority. So when he shows up at that hotel, the Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino, here's what I think happened. I think uh, he booked or he had his room booked for him or it was a double room the bellhops in the hotel were persuaded to carry up 10,000 rounds of ammunition and I think 23 guns semi-automatics that had uh, bump stock modification so um, they could actually fire as automatics and I think very early on in the game possibly the day before he was murdered but now they had a sniper's nest to die for inside those two rooms with cameras looking down the hallway and when this uh, security guy called Campos came down the um, hallway they fired 200 bullets through the door well this is heavy duty ammunition and I'm told by experts there wouldn't be much left of the door right? if that was so it didn't kill Campos in fact he was hit in the leg immediately he presumably he tries to call the cavalry and inside the hotel there are already Las Vegas police and armed security from the hotel 
and I think they didn't show up till about 75 minutes later by which time I would guess someone perhaps dressed uh, as hotel security inside the room shot up the people in the harvest festival uh, apparently there was a, around nine minutes of continuous firing um, to kill the people there and then as far as I know they could have gone down the service elevator dressed as hotel security people and merged with the right. the group that then raided the hotel room but, okay Mr. Hawkins let me ask you a question uh, to what end? What was the motive for for everything that happened there? It, 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 let's take what you said as um, and, and a, that's a that's as good as explanation as any that I've heard. What would be the motive? Well, uh, yeah, now this is a fascinating issue because to to do that, you I think we need to go back and look at the big picture. Um, J. Edgar said uh, the individual is handicapped by firming coming face-to-face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. Um, David Rockefeller, bless him, I think he died after receiving his seventh heart transplant from his personal retinue of surgeons. The old bastard, really, he should have gone, I think, for the first. But I think he died at 102 or something like that. And at a Bilderberg meeting, he said, the world is ready to move to a supranational government of world bankers and an intellectual elite I think there's the motive right. I think there are people who for whatever reason have allowed themselves or been seduced by the idea of the power and the wealth they've uh, sworn an oath uh, of the most despicable nature and been photographed and they're now in let's say a network of uh, Greek life societies and bohemian grovis etc they're rubbing shoulders with immensely wealthy people that are billionaires but actually they're all trapped they all hate each other but there's nowhere to appeal to now I think um, uh, Phil McConnell is a a God-fearing gentleman I think you two gentlemen are the same I mean it would be nice to think they could appeal to the indulgence or the forgiveness of God and fess up because living as they do I think must be hell one would, yeah, yeah, unless you're, I suppose, unless you're, a, um, you know, a psychopath or a sociopath by, by, um, diagnosis. Yeah, I, I would think. Okay. Wow. So if I may just mention about some, uh, some interesting members of, uh, the Greek life societies. You see, George Bush Sr. and Bill Clinton are both members of Phi Beta Kappa which is the very prestigious honor society but I believe Clinton got that membership in 1968 before going as a Rhodes Scholar to Oxford well he was kicked out of Oxford uh, for rape and drug dealing and his next stop was Moscow in 1969 Um, Bill Clinton, a Phi Beta Kappa member um, sent the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, John Shalikashvili, to Beijing in 1997 to give a talk to the People's Liberation Army University in Beijing, and it may have been scrubbed, but the transcript of the address given by Shalikashvili to the communist generals was, at the end, he said, 
I have been instructed by my president to leave behind details of all of America's weapons programs. So I'm saying, well, why didn't, when this guy I get back, you line up Bill Clinton and Shalik Cashley up against the wall and shoot him for treason? Because the Chinese have made huge progress through stealing American weapons. Well, they didn't even have to steal them because Clinton gave them away. That's right. Laurel, uh, among others, Charlie Street, remember that whole process back in the 90s. Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Wow. All right. So I think the motive is to move to a supranational government of... Now, world bankers, that's a very interesting term. Serco, which is, you know, the company that I sort of introduced on this, it has a number of very interesting shareholders, um, including major banks and a few countries... Um, and some very interesting pension funds. Now, Serco had a meeting of shareholders on the 47th floor of the North Tower on the morning of 911, which must have been quite a, I don't know if that's the right word, electrifying meeting, given what was about to happen. But those shareholders would have included the representatives from the government of Saudi Arabia, the government of the United Kingdom, the government of Singapore. Well, if, as is alleged, Saudi Arabia was behind it, attack, and I think they partially funded it, but not fully understanding what they were doing, is it would have been kind of interesting for the FBI under Director uh, Robert Mueller at the time to haul in all of the representatives of Serco at that shareholders meeting on the 47th floor. Now, other shareholders include Goldman Sachs and nine so-called global custodians, uh, banks like uh, J.P. Morgan, um, Hong Kong and Shanghai Bank Corporation and so on, with $81 trillion of assets under management. And then the two pension funds are very interesting because the pension funds included the Teachers Insurance Annuity Association, which presumably would pay retirement benefits to people like uh, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, both were on faculty, um, uh, Barack Obama, who taught at the University of Chicago, Michelle Obama, who was uh, on the board of uh, university hospitals in uh, Chicago. And uh, so you've got the intellectual elite, and I may be stepping out of line here, but I think I'm ready to go into court with Field McConnell and extend that claim. I don't think it's an intellectual elite, gentlemen. I think it's a pedophile elite. And I agree with you on that. And I love how that, um, I don't know how you did it, but you just wrapped that up with a bow. Uh, David Hawkins, we've, uh, we've reached our time together. Would you please come back? Would you consider coming back and, uh, joining us again? Because what you, pleasure to be an honor. Oh man, what you, what you, uh, I'm tongue tied. As more than usual, okay? So save the emails. David Hawkins was our guest. Abledanger, uh, org is his website. No, ah, there. Abledanger.org. And that's linked off of our show. You can just see it right on the, on the video. Mr. Hawkins, thank you so very much. May God bless you and keep thank you safe. Thank you, That was wow. a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Folks, we're going to be right back after this network break. Stay where you're at. Oh, Russ Bizdar coming up next.
visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. Uh, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Caring Close in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues, and so can you. Check out our American Heritage Armies kit at www.changelosswoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. The Hagman Report. We're going to be joined by Russ Dizdar in just a moment. ShatterTheDarkness.net is the website. Um, just a, a few quick things. A lot going on in the world of news. You have uh, the mainstream media showing their their bias as they have been reporting on this Paul Manafort story for the last three days with uh, excitement and continue to ignore the other things going on, uh, specifically the scandals going on in the world of Hillary Clinton and the DNC and Obama administration 
but what do you expect from the media? Well, Joe, they, they don't count. See, the, the crimes that Hillary Clinton committed, they don't count because they were wiped out when she didn't get elected president. So we can just forget yeah. about that. Well, interesting. Uh, one of the things that happened today is we saw the uh, first indictment unsealed uh, against Manafort and his business partner, or a, a partner of his? Yeah, his is actually deputy, uh, his business partner for a number of years, um, uh, Rick Gates. Now, by the way... And all this, it's... it's tax, tax uh, hiding ta- uh, right. income right. Uh, from the IRS as to not being taxed in their dealings uh, with Ukraine and, and a lobbying uh, for the Ukrainian government. But what's interesting is these things happened well before anything... Any association with the Trump campaign? But did you read the? Did you read but the Podesta. indictment? No, I didn't. Okay, uh, I read the indictment, and it's through. Uh, it actually is through September. With the, it's a con- ongoing. It's a, although the breach between Manafort and okay, Trump so it did happened, go to uh, yeah, twenty seventeen. Right. Okay. So, but what the, uh, the 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 media meatheads are trying to do is say, well, see, you know, this is this is related to Donald Trump. But let me tell you something. You have a, and I've seen this. You have a grand jury down your throat or up your, you know, wazoo. All right, they're going to indict you. Look, I don't care if your name is Joe, Joe Schmo. They're going to indict you. Trust me. They're going to indict you, regardless. Um, you can, I can guarantee you, that's going to happen. Joe, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Well, one of the interesting things that um, has come out of all this news is Tony Podesta. Stepped down from his, uh, from the Podesta group. And many people are asking, as it's been reported on, uh, a number of, uh, on Hannity and Tucker Carlson, that he might get wrapped up with an indictment himself. Count on it. Okay, well, uh, and, and except, if I understand it right, there's still one unsealed indictment. Yes. yes. In my, well, now, they, the news, unless I missed something, did they come out with saying that? Because I, the word over the weekend was there was three. And Alex Jones came out Saturday. And if you see, here's the key. Here's the key. Listen to this. Watch Twitter. Watch Twitter. Watch the response on Twitter by certain people. Hmm. Roger Stone got banned. All right. Yeah. Well, what do you get banned on Twitter? What, what do you get banned for? What was he talking about? Did you see the? So you can see. You can if you're put your investigative specs on, and you can see this information getting from Mueller. That Mueller investigative camp to CNN, CNN bouncing it into the uh, uh, the media, the venue, and then, and this is what bothers me the most, is, well, it's a coup. They're going after Donald Trump. They're going after you and I. But, but Joe, yeah, there's. I guess to answer your question, there's. I believe there's one one indictment left. But and the, it's connected to the Podestas, but I I wouldn't hold my breath on the Podestas. Although they might come out and say, "Well, we're going to drag uh, Kushner," or uh, yeah, we're going to drag Kushner in here and the Podesta just to make it sound or make it look uh, like nonpartisan. But it's it's partisan. No, it is, and and uh, you know, um, I see a lot of people getting excited, thinking that they're going to you know see indictments of of both Podesta brothers of Clinton. Uh, by Mueller, I would not expect that to happen. Obviously, uh, it does need to happen, but remember that he was tasked, Mueller was tasked with, uh, there's a great article, let me just do this. Um, I'll tell you, I, instead of me trying to, to rephrase what somebody else wrote, I'm just gonna read one part of this interesting article that was on Fox News today. Give me a second while you're looking at it. Jarrett, 
There's still no evidence sure. of Trump-Russia yep. collusion, but Hillary is a different matter. And what he writes here in the uh, at the very bottom of this article that I'm going to post on Hagman Report uh, is very important, where he basically says, Mueller is tasked with finding a crime that does not exist in the law, talking about collusion. It is legal, impos- it's a legal impossibility. He is asked to do something that is manifestly unattainable. So, but he goes through this whole um, thing here with the Manafort and Gates indictments, the uh, Hillary Clinton, what yep. what she's up against, yep. as well as Robert Mueller and the conflict of interest. And he also points out that um, until now, no one had legal standing to argue in a court that the appointment of Mueller was illegal. The criminal charges change changes that all. The two defendants will be able to argue before a judge that Mueller's appointment by acting Attorney General Rod Rosenstein violated the special counsel law. Exactly. And he goes to cite evidence. And, and Joe, that Joe, how in the hell did we get Mueller? Okay, how we got Mueller was because of Sessions' recusal. That went to Rosenstein. Comey was fired by Trump, okay? And Rosenstein... This whole this whole thing was if you don't believe that this whole thing was planned out in advance the way it, it, it went off, then you're not paying attention. Sessions, in my view, is is compromised. Uh, he's done absolutely nothing with respect to this, and the 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 target in this case um, is Donald Trump. Now, can you imagine? Paul Manafort. You might not like the guy. I don't care if you like him or don't like him. It doesn't matter to me. But the fact is, this guy's cooperating. Go back into last last year. The guy's cooperating, and he's providing all sorts of information over via his attorney to the special counsel. And then what the hell happens? He, the the, um, the investigators pick the lock on his front door. They deliberately walk up to the bedroom, this guy's bedroom of his house, they bust the door in his bedroom just to make sure he doesn't destroy any papers at what three, four, five o'clock in the morning. This is this is Banana Republic crap that's going on here. And, and if you don't understand, if people don't see what the hell's going on here, and you get Rachel Maddow out there, you know, having these orgasmic twing, uh, the, 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 the <laughs> twinges of happiness, as well mm-hmm. as Chris Matthews, the tingles Matthews. Then you don't understand. We have a coup taking place in our country, and I, I talked about this. And on, on Twitter, by the way, my, my personal Twitter, I've got I've got the panels where the laws that were broken by Hillary, Diane, Rodham, Clinton are, are laid out. Yeah, but tell me, Joe, again, Greg Jarrett, what uh, as talked about? What laws were broken here? Uh, laws right. that don't exist. Collusion. Well, yeah. Well, he cites the the fact that going after um, he says to put it. Plainly, Mueller is tasked with finding a crime that does not exist in the law. Um, and what he is saying is that there is no crime of collusion, which is what uh, the Robert Mueller and special counsel was tasked with, and which I'm going to get the exact language here. And also, the there was another crime, George uh, Papadopoulos? Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. He pled guilty to a count of making a false statement to the FBI. Gee, I, um, uh, how they, many people the, fall in that category? They were they were throwing this in there with the um, accusations against Trump. The mainstream media was, but uh, Jarek goes on to say it's not a crime to talk to a Russian. Not that the media would ever understand that 
They have never managed to point to a single statute that makes colluding with a foreign government in a political campaign a crime, likely because it does not exist in criminal codes. And what he goes on to say about uh, Hillary Clinton, that the Clinton campaign, the DNC, funneled millions of dollars to a British spy and two Russian sources in order to obtain the infamous discredited Trump dossier, the Federal Elections Campaign Act, 52 U.S.C. 30101, prohibits foreign nationals and governments from giving or receiving money in U.S. campaigns. It also prohibits the filing or false information, uh, misleading campaign records to hide the true purpose of the money, 52 U.S.C. 30121. That's right. By the way, those are on my Twitter in in panels. Now, as it goes to Mueller, until now, no one had, we, we talked about the legal standing to challenge the appointment of Mueller in the court of law. And he says, as I pointed out in a column in May, the law, 28 CFR 600, grants legal authority to appoint a special counsel to investigate crimes. Only crimes. He has limited jurisdiction, yet in his order appointing Mueller as special counsel, uh, Rosenstein directed him to investigate any links or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the campaign of President Donald Trump. It fails to identify any specific crimes, likely because none are applicable. So he's he's acting outside of his mandate. He's acting outside of what what he was supposed to be doing. Now he's on this fishing expedition. And one more thing, just to add to what you're saying. The uh, this weekend, and I got so tired of hearing the the corporate media saying the debunked email scandal, the yeah. debunked uranium one. Well, who in the hell debunked it? Snopes. Snopes. You know what? And if you if you look, you could take apart that Snopes debunking Ten thing. Okay, yeah. you could you could take that apart because I'm going to tell you something. They're playing semantics. They're saying they exactly are. They're saying it's false based on the amount of uranium. It wasn't twenty percent. Well, well, plus plus uh, uranium one. Uh, they didn't have they didn't have the license to export their uranium. No, but the yeah. logistics company did. Yeah, it was admitted for crying out loud. Okay, it's like saying, well, Joe didn't have the uh, driver's license, uh, so he couldn't have driven that car. But I had the license. Yeah, it, it's all it's all screwed up. I mean, it really, what they're doing. I mean, if you. Idiots. If they really wanted to, uh, I w- I'm sure 98% of the, any politician that was investigated in Washington, D.C., you could come up with crimes on, whether it's for kickbacks or bribery or tax fraud, yeah. whatever the case. They're allowed to insider trade. These people commit crimes every day, most of them. And this guy, if I under- Manafort was a Democrat, was he not? Not that that matters. For a while. Wasn't, didn't he work yeah, under I, the I, Obama I think, administration? Well, okay, he... he um, to be honest with you, I don't really look at uh, political affiliations. I'm not sure. No, I think he I was a Democrat to... for a while, but he worked. I think he changed a part. I don't know, but he worked. He worked on the um, Trump campaign for a while, as well. Um, you know, through, okay. through. But but regardless, yeah, he, and, and most are in that swamp, uh, Democrats. But okay. Well, yeah. just to to finish with this article, um, it. We just talked about there is no applicable crimes that were listed to for the special counsel to investigate, which is how it's normally done. It goes on to write, to put it plainly, Mueller is tasked with finding a crime that does not exist in the law. It is a legal impossibility. He's being asked to do something that is unattainable. If the federal judge agrees, Mueller and his team would be disbarred, I'm sorry, disbanded by judicial order. The Department of Justice would have to seek new indictment on Manafort and Gates without the special counsel or drop the case entirely. The naming of Robert Mueller was tainted 
with disqualifying conflicts of interest from the beginning. Fired FBI Director James Comey admitted he leaked presidential memos to the media for the sole purpose of triggering the appointment of a special counsel, who just happens to be Comey's longtime friend, ally, and partner. It's no coincidence that Rosenstein appointed Mueller. We now have both men overseeing the corrupt Uranium One sale, which involved Russian bribes, kickbacks, extortion, and money laundering. They $145 million. They appear to have kept it secret, even hiding it from Congress, which would surely have canceled the transaction involving a vital national security asset. A cover-up, it has the stench one. How can Americans have the confidence in the outcome of the Trump-Russia matter if the integrity and impartiality of Mueller and Rosenstein have been compromised by their suspected cover-up of the Clinton-Russia case. Now, you're citing Both Greg Jarrett. should resign. That's right. You're citing Greg Jarrett on Fox News. Right. And I'm going to tell you something. I'll post this. Greg, Greg Jarrett has listened to that. That guy is a great legal mind. Uh, Greg Jarrett has got, and he, the, the panels on at Hagman PI, which is my personal Twitter, the panels there are a direct result from Greg Jarrett's research, legal research. You've got campaign violations, 52 uh, USC, uh, 3101, 31101, or 31101. Mm-hmm. 30101. Okay, that's from memory. Um, and, and then, of course, the email uh, scandal, if you will. There's a whole host of them, the violations of the Espionage Act. And then you've got the dossier, uh, or that was a, was that, that was a dossier, right? Or was that Uranium One? The, the um, uh, I think that was Uranium One that, that you're referencing. Uh, what the, 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 for the Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, but, so, so you've got, and I went over this on my morning show. You got four different crimes, scandals, whatever you want to call them. Three major. You got the email one, you've got uranium one, and then you've got the dossier. And you're being lied to by, by the media. I watched the, I watched the, you didn't have to, uh, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, and ABC this weekend. And, and I put myself through that. And, um, yeah. But, but, you know, the, 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 the talking points, whether it's Malcolm Nance or what, you know, whoever comes on, well, it's, uh, the discredited, the Uranium One, uh, theory. It's not discredited. And, and then you get Hillary Clinton coming on and saying, well, you know, uh, they're acting as if I'm president and I'd gladly take that seat. And no one asked you to. First of all, you lost. Get, get out of the way. You're irrelevant. But just the fact that you lost doesn't mean you shouldn't be held accountable to the, for the crimes that you committed over the course of the last, uh, 30 years, except on those crimes where the statute of limitations has run out. And if Sessions doesn't get his act together, um, and Donald Trump doesn't get his act together, the, the statute of limitations are going to run out. So look, with the exception of murder, but the fact of the matter is, we are living, we're watching right now a coup. Don't compare this to Watergate. Do not do that. We're watching a coup take place. This is more, uh, this is far beyond Watergate. This is, in fact, it has nothing to do. We can't even compare it to Watergate. This is one of the most heinous, one of the most uh, obvious, overt coups to take out President Donald Trump and to take away the will of the American people. And you're, you're gonna, and by the way, you're going to see this uh, develop as well with the um, with the, uh, the hashtag Resist Trump coming this November fourth forward. And how Obama, who has not left the playing field, graciously or otherwise, is quietly uh, not just funding, 
but uh, organizing this kind of stuff in the background. So all of this together, you got but you better watch. And it's everything. Everything that we had talked about for a number of years is now coming together. Can we stop it? I think through prayer, through practical, uh, through knowledge, through telling people uh, what's going on. And somebody has sent me an email saying, "Well, you know, you, you never tell people what they can do." I, really? Okay, you educate yourself, educate others, spread the word about what's really taking place. And if you, because right now, if you don't do that, um, I'm afraid you're going to have to be, in my view anyway, I think you're going to be, you're either going to be fighting on the, on the, on the, with a ballot box or you're going to be fighting with an ammo box. And that's coming very soon. We have, um, our guest Russ Dizdar with us. I was just going to get into some of the, uh, what's been going on in Hollywood as we see the media, some of the media try to cover up the, accusations against Kevin Spacey with the announcement that he was uh, homosexual and uh, they got called out for it pretty good today and uh, it's interesting to see this continuation of uh, people being uh, labeled by the victims and whatnot as being sexual predators and we knew this kind of behavior was ongoing I'm sure you know we haven't even scratched the surface um, with the with the problem in Hollywood and I think people are starting to get worried. Even Corey Feldman said he was going to name all of the uh, people who uh, victimized him and the those that he had knowledge them. of. The yeah. name them. Name them. I agree. Don't announce you're going okay. to do it. Just do it. Don't, don't say, I, I've got something to announce tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do it now. Mm-hmm. And, unless there, he unless said he didn't have legal representation okay. for right. at the moment, and when he received the legal representation, he would, I'll give once him he's that, protected, then. he said he would release the names. But he's I'll been... He's been making uh, news, you know, these last weeks, speaking out about this. And, Russ, uh, it's great to have you back on the show. Just I'm going to bring you right into the, the conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're just – you think they're going to – in Hollywood, they're going to uh, continue to see this uh, these accusations come flying forward, more people falling, or do you believe they're going to try to make it go away? Hey, I think it's great news. Mm-hmm. H- haven't we prayed for exposure? I mean, it's like it's like the lid's beginning to come off. And uh, I, I'm just glad for it. I mean, what I want to do is reach out to these guys and say, listen, you need a safe house. You want us to safe house? You want to hide? We can hide you out, you know. And, and uh, it, it's good news that the exposure is coming, and and it's really a scratch. Um, but but I tell you what, there's a big lid. There's a big lid. There's a lot. There's a lot underneath it. And let's pray that that God just helps lead and and break it open and and rip it open. That's that's what that's what everything, I think everybody's been praying about, and Bohemian Grove and all the other places uh, we need to pray about that that God knows how to you know rip off the lid. He willed it in Ezekiel chapter uh, eight. He willed for that to be found out, and he took Ezekiel right straight to the perpetrators' faces, and obviously they could be named one by one. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, you know, he does. The Corey Feldman does that, but you know, that's uh, offering. These people do need our, our prayers that are coming out, and uh, like Corey Feldman and others, uh, mm-hmm. these people are up against. Uh, this is why it's so frustrating to hear you know somebody announcing that they're going to release the names, and then waiting to do so. We we see a history of people, you know, making these announcements and then disappearing or dying or being right. silenced. But as you said, Russ, the the lid is starting to come off, and hopefully, this continues to um, this trend continues and. and we get as much of the stuff while it's happening now out of out of here as possible. Right. I mean, right. better now than ever. I mean, when when will we see another time like this? 
Um, it, exactly. I mean, uh, the, you know, with this occurring and like right now where we're sitting here, our teams are out. You know, this is ritual night. They're out. Um, that's what they're out trying to do right now tonight is uh, to engage the perpetrators of a very violent and brutal, bur- you know, uh, murder of a little boy. So that's what's good with you guys and, and, and others that are, you know, if everybody's going to make people aware and there's going to be people that are going to, you know, pray like crazy and pray with power. And then there's going to be people who are willing to go. Well, then we need to also extend a hand to all these guys. Like, like Corey's already said, what he he thinks that they're trying to kill him, and there's mm-hmm. maybe threats. And and uh, so let's 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 realize that this underworld. If we understand about Ray Guycar in Pennsylvania, district attorney missing because he was going to do this. Kathleen Kane fired in the context of leaking pedophile information from the grand jury um, these undergrounders we got to remember they're the ones with the money they're the ones with the assassins there's they're the ones with the handlers um, but we're the ones that have the hand of God absolutely yeah and with that on our side that's right uh, you know there's nothing we can't do and we should always remember that as we approach the uh, top of the hour break here in a few minutes, I just want to point out that folks watching this on YouTube, if you see where Russ is sitting, we were in there. We were in that that <laughs> command control center. That's like the Starship Enterprise, man. I'm going to tell you, that's that's the bridge where it's all that it all happens. You got to, I mean, wow. That's but uh, uh, yeah, you know. So, so this is uh, this is a ritual night. You said and. Uh, What's taking place tonight in general here? Well, in general, I mean, 30th, All Hallows Eve, Sal Wayne, all of this today. Well, it started the 13th of October. So they're going to do preparatory rituals, you know, two, three, four days ago in a row. Today is a big culmination. Human sacrifice is the issue. Tomorrow night, the same thing. Now, here's what we don't, you know, again, most don't know. November the 1st, it's a big, another big ritual. It culminates. All of these rituals, it all comes to a head November 4th. It's called Satanic Revels. Satanic Revels culminating with all the rituals to, for the release of all these powers the same day that um, the same day that the uh, little dudes in black and uh, their little clubs, they're going to be out all over the place. Yeah, um, it's uh, definitely a night where you have the dark uh, ritualistic things going on, but then you have a whole culture Really, even Christians celebrating this holiday, uh, Halloween, and all the mischief that comes with that. So, as you were saying, do you, are you guys looking for specific things that you see, uh, outside? Uh, do you have ideas of, yeah. of what areas to go to? How do you determine what's, um, important to look at on a night like Halloween? Um, every year is a little bit different depending on what, in, in some years we just simply hide victims out so that nobody gets them, they don't get triggered out. Um, but mostly, and, and, and mainly lately, we've been running, we're being, you know, they're coming out of everything and getting healed up and getting free, and they want to take us to show, show us places. Sometimes it's going to the old sites that we know about and just, um, and prayer mapping, just covering everything in prayer and going, uh, and engaging. Um, and it, it all depends. Uh, so that, there's a team out there right now down in Southern Ohio. I'll probably be out later on tonight and tomorrow night and also Wednesday night. And it's a matter of looking at the ritual sites or if we have information from a victim. And the truth is, if the Spirit of God gives a specific um, area to go to. 
So if we could disrupt a rip ritual, if we can um, help shut it down, or if we would see that there's something going on with any kids, who all the gloves come off then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, it's great to know that you and your team are, are going to be out there. We got about a minute and a half for us until we, we go to break, and then we're going to skip the next break so we have the whole hour uh, in hour three to talk with you. And I know we talked about this uh, this case, this Pinkton case, a serial killer, yeah. and we didn't really uh, wrap that story up, but folks, just so you know, this serial killer, um, long story short, he was finally arrested after uh, the cops served a search warrant on uh, the Pinkton's home and found evidence of the the women uh, from IDs to purses and whatnot. And when he was in jail uh, on detainer, there was a undercover police officer who he confessed to murdering 49 women. And he, as you said earlier, Dad, went on to wish it was 50. And the pig farm became the largest crime scene in Canadian history. Investigators took 200,000 DNA samples seized 300 or 600,000 exhibits the cost of the investigation was estimated at nearly 70 million dollars and uh this guy was able to operate for years and years and ritualistically killing the women and what it sounded like was in front of groups of people and this guy was caught by police arrested let go be able to continue killing it's a very horrific crime and story. I would urge everybody to check it out. But this is the stuff that we're we're dealing with. This is the stuff that uh, Russ is out there fighting against because this stuff isn't just uh, you know one case, one time somewhere in Canada. This stuff happens all the time, and we need people who are willing to fight it. And we have Russ Dizdar with us, who's going to be with us throughout the rest of the next hour. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. 
Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. edition of the Hagman Report. We have with us Russ Dizdar. His website, ShatterTheDarkness.net. Also, check out his book, The Black Awakening, and also his radio show, The Ragged Edge Radio, which is on each and every day on Global Star Radio, right before our show. And you can um, listen to that each and every day. You can get the archive also through Global Star Radio. And uh, it's a great show. It's a, a fan th- I love listening to the show sitting here before we start our show. Um, it's a it's a great way to to sit down and and get ready to go. And Russ, you you do a great job on the radio. You always um, I like how you you have the theme shows with the you know you're you're doing um, different themes here and there, and uh, you really stick to that and follow through. And and um, I get a lot out of that, so I appreciate yeah, you doing that. Yeah. Now, to, I, I, let me just jump in here. Two things. You got another book coming out, and I, it, that's that I'm excited about that. And you could, I, am I allowed to say that? I guess yeah, well, absolutely. I just yeah. did. So, whoops. Uh, okay, but but if people knew, by the way, since tomorrow's Halloween, this big commercial holiday in America, people knew what the jack o' lantern represented, and if people knew what they were doing. I don't know. Would they still do that? I don't know. But uh, with that, you know, the the celebrations. Um, I don't even know if you want to go into that or, or whatever, but. Uh, Take us wherever you want. Well, you know what? Go back and tell us about your book that's coming out because I'm excited oh, sure. for that. Okay, and I'll get, I got copies for you. Um, it's called Expelling Darkness. It is. Um, it actually is really written because so many believers over all these years now at conferences they need the the they need to know the their authority, the armor, how to do it. You know how to engage the demonic side for yourself for others. So it's really a training, but it's a book and uh, just expelling darkness. And it is, um, publisher will have it out probably in about seven to ten days. And then we will, uh, 
we will um, we have uh, pre-sales already already out, so we're gonna we're gonna get those out. Aug- Aug- Augmented is next. That's a sequel to the Black Awakening. That's gonna be just just um, probably a little bit about a month or so away too. So I'm staying home a lot, Doug, right now. I'm and Joe. I'm 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 gonna finish doing a lot of this. Uh, I, got, I have four books that are supposed to have been out a long time ago. So I'm gonna do radio writing, and then we're gonna do boots on the ground all over the place. And uh, I want to take you guys. I want I want you guys to go some backwood places with us and uh, and uh, nail, that. Na- nail down some stuff. You, you know, uh, uh, look, I'll tell you what, folks. In my tenure as an investigator, all my adult life, it seems uh, going with Russ is an experience that you don't soon forget. I'll just say that, and the stuff that he sees is really kind of a cross between criminal minds. The uh, you know the Picton case. Uh, uh, it meets uh, reality, for example. And so you got to pray for Russ because he's out there in the front lines. His team, they're out there in the front lines. And if you don't think this is real, oh, man, it's real. Pizzagate, Pedigate, it's real. Um, all of this depravity that we see is is really is, is what – it's kind of the currency. Children, uh, human trafficking, drugs, sex, whatever, it's the currency of the global elite, isn't it? I mean, that's just crazy. Um, look, Russ, take us wherever you want to take us now, because here sure. we are a day before, well, the 30th of October. Just fire away, man. Take us wherever you, you want to take us. Sure. A couple of things I said tonight live, too, and I think it's important. I mean, here, here's the issue. Um, it not, an, I mean, the, well, when we talk about the underground, I mean, dealing with drug lords, the majority of drug lords and drug dealers, they've not been caught. The majority of the mafia, they haven't been caught. The majority of um, serial rapists, serial killers, they have not been caught. So we need to realize there's a whole underworld that's bigger and broader than we understand. We can either run from it and just pretend that it's not there until it comes around us, or we can really embrace what's you know what's going on. I'd rather have a heads up if anybody's in my neighborhood. Um, so here's the bigger picture. It, it corresponds to biblical prophecy and, and what God has given us advanced intel. And so I'm, I'm glad to report that God in prophecy, he's way ahead of everybody. And that's where we have definitive insight to all of this. But it has boots on the ground. Just like God said in the Old Testament, uh, you know, John the Baptist is going to come prior to Jesus. Judas is going to come and, and betray Jesus with 30 pieces of silver. So there's a massive bulk of uh, biblical prophecy that tells us there'll be more demonic activity, more demons, more satanic powers on this side than ever in the history of the world in the end of days. Now, my 30 years, uh, 35 years of doing it, uh, there's no question. I asked, I was down in Georgia this last weekend. I met a prosecutor, listens to us, and uh, we were talking about cases. So I asked the prosecutor, have you seen in the last 10, 20, 30 years, um, he stopped. I mean, he was immediately into it, Doug. He just said, no, he says, it is off the charts. The violent crimes, the horrible crimes, crimes against children. So we're all hearing pieces in the news. That's important, but it's, it's, it's a thousand times worse. So what we've dealt with and what we've engaged and, and, and we've been, you know, boots on the ground with it, dealing with it for, the, you know, over 35 years. Uh, the underground. I mean, we talk about the deep state, but let's one more step down. The supernatural deep state. This is the satanic side. This is the Lucif- the real Luciferian. I believe they are they are they are they are, they are multi-continental. They are in place, political, military, 
wealthy elite and technological giants in league. But all of it's, all of it's fueled and empowered by dark side presence. And the only way to do that, and the number one way to do that, is, is satanic rituals. Just like in the Old Testament, the number one way with Moloch and Baals and so forth, blood sacrifice, human sacrifice, child sacrifice, cannibalism of that, it's huge in the Old Testament. So here's what we've seen just quickly as far as stats. I said it tonight on radio. I'm going to say it again here, and I appreciate that. I believe that tonight alone, at a, at a, at a minimum, one million satanic rituals will be done uh, beginning, you know, they're gathering around 11, doing this stuff between 12 and 3, releasing demons, summoning demons, and releasing them around 3 in the morning. Uh, that's We've got to understand the underground, and, I, and the only biblical good picture I can give everybody is Ezekiel chapter 8. Nobody knew it was going on. Nobody knew it was there. Not even the good prophet Ezekiel, until God took him, and he was willing, and took him step by step by step to get inside there and see what's going on, and then God eventually took him all the way to the faces of the perpetrators, he could have named them one by one. So tonight, uh, there's going to be in every single city in the United States, this is true in Europe, this is true in, in, in England, this is true in Australia and Canada, um, there's going to be rituals in every single city, in every single place. We're not talking about the New Agers, Wiccans, Pagans, Druids, Voodoo, Voodon, Hoodoo, the Saint of Death, and on and on. That's all going to happen too. You're going to have hundreds of millions worldwide in, you know, engaging the entities, the spirits. They're going to be doing what the spirits say in rituals. They're going to be doing spells and hexes and summonings and, and engagement with spirits and meditation and channeling. But the undergrounders, the real Satanists, the real Ezekiel 8 kind of people, they're going to be summoning demons. They know what they're doing. They're going to summon demons to receive more power. They're going to summon demons to transmit into their people or in that coven and new people. They're going to summon demons to shield themselves and keep them shielded from everybody. They're going to summon demons and target the Hagmans, the Dizdars, the, the Quails, the Marzulis, the Horns. They're going to target anyone they think is an enemy. They're going to summon and send spirits. They're also going to summon and send spirits to advance their cause. Now, here's a principle for a believer. I believe that we extend the gospel, the kingdom of God, as we pray the power of the Spirit of God empowers us, leads us. Nobody gets saved, healed, delivered without the power of God, the power of the Spirit of God. Same thing on the other side. There is no advance to the cause of Satan, no development to the cause of Satan. There is no antichrist. There is no false prophet. There is no opening of the abyss unless they have the powers um, constantly are being unleashed to release and, and, and advance all of that. Uh, so I'm going to tell you this. With every ounce of my being, I believe that the, under, the underworld, the, the right below the surface of the deep, it is vast, it is organized, it is uh, militaristic, it is bulging at the seams, it is waiting. It is that global... The Bible calls it the mysterium, mystery of iniquity. That system, it's the global demonic fallen ones interfacing with humans in the development of what everybody knows, New World Order. They just don't know how lethal, they just don't know how dark it re really is. So there's many paying the price. 
if we're correct that there are 100 million globally satanic ritually abused individuals four generations since the Nazis there uh, we're it's it's and as and as horrific as human trafficking is this may be two to three times larger more lethal more destructive so tonight I'm just saying across America tomorrow night on the 31st and 1st of November um you can connect this with crime scene, you know, going back to old crime scenes, ritualistic killings. You're going to find out they're on the dates. They're on the dates of the satanic calendar. Um, because that's what the demons prescribe. They want to gather. They want their people to gather. They want the people to do the rituals that they've designed them you know, for them to do. See, the ritual workers think they're getting the demons to submit. No. When they do their circles, when they summon in those ancient languages, when they put all the symbols, when they do all that they're going to do, they're obeying the spirits. They're obeying the demons. And the demons will be appeased. They're going to come through. But the demons, Doug and Joe, number one, they want blood. They want torture. They want mayhem. They want, they want fear. They want terror. They they want to live and revel, and that's their nature. Like the serial murderer you're talking about, I have to. I have to assume that there's some, and I don't know him or any deep report about him, but I have to assume that kind of slaughter involves demonic presence because they revel in human desecration. It's a, it, it's a way in which they blaspheme God, but it's also a way in which they create door, big doors for more of them to come over. And it's, it's, it's going on tonight, um, in, in huge ways. And I believe with the release of stuff, it's going to continue to bring effect into the political landscape, into the world that we're living in. I mean, look at just the light level. The underground Satanists think of, uh, Wiccans and Druids and, them as light level. But look at all the thousands that have gathered together to do actual spells summoning spirits against Trump and anybody that follows Trump. Um, they know that he he is in opposition to them. And so they're doing spells. They're raising, you know, in rituals, demons to send against Mr. Trump and that administration and anybody that would support or pray for him. So the dark side doesn't like him, and so there's a there's a battle to to strike out politically. I believe that uh, Antifa is probably spiritually fueled by some of these rituals, and why they picked November fourth. That may be by design. Okay, how so? Well, that's the culmination. All these demons that are being coming through the rituals and, and they're summoning them and so forth to release them. Uh, so the release of these powers, think in terms of the uh, Moabite king in the Old Testament. He's losing a battle to Israel. He sends 700 other soldiers out and he's losing badly to Israel. So he takes his son, goes to the wall, does a actual satanic, I mean a, 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 a blood sacrifice, killing his own son, shedding his blood on the wall to the demon god. And if anybody wants to read the Hebrew or just study it, the soldiers, the Moabite soldiers, went into a frenzy, and they defeated Israel in that battle. They literally were, they weaponized that presence. They went into uh, those soldiers, of Moabite soldiers, and just simply fueled them. 
Look at look at look at Mark chapter five. How demons make them you know twenty times stronger than a man. So you think in terms of the demons. There's even things called chaos magic with a K. To summon demons to give assignment, to summon demons to fuel it, to summon demons and to release chaos, to summon demons and to and, and to bring that kind of confusion. That's what this, that's what that dark side is all about. So when I begin to look into and, I, and I'm looking into it all this week because I want to take I might take a large team out uh, to Cleveland or wherever. If if, Antifa, if Antifa is going to be out there, I might want to take a team to engage and engage them on a spiritual warfare ba- you know basis, evangelism basis. So the powers that they're going to release in rituals are going to have effect, and they they target them. So they're going to be targeted against Trump. They're going to be targeted against people like us. They're going to be targeting the general society. So I think dark powers that they're summoning and releasing will help fuel exactly what Antifa wants to do. They fit the bill of satanic rebels. They've, that's what it's all about. So whether they're actually involved or not, because you know you, you watch the violence they do, you watch just the utter violence. You see some of the new um, some folks have infiltrated them and see about them talking about knives and even guns now to take these places. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see them coordinated, you know, all across the nation, and they're coming out declaring their violence. So. It's kind of a precursor to Black Awakening or to the Red Horse issue. Look at the Red Horse prophecy on a global scale. When that occurs, that's what it's all about. The release of individuals that are going to slaughter, slaughter, and slaughter many others. Uh, this is like a, a tiny trailer to all of this. But I'm saying I believe that the power summoned and the power sent on a collective level now uh, we're not talking one or two. We're, we're talking thousands and thousands. And I, and I will tell you this. Every satanic, richly abused person and anybody working with them across the land, they're all going to tell you the same thing I'm going to say. I, I'm telling you. They know this. They know this now. What we have to do is make sure a lot of people know this so that tens of thousands and thousands upon thousands of believers can be really... I mean, we really gotta, we really gotta be awakened to know the kind of praying we need to do against that stuff and uh, the rebuking of those powers and then let alone advancing the kingdom of God, um, which is, which is the primary work that we, that we have. Um, so I, I think that I'm, I, 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 now that I've been home all day thinking about it and praying about it, I, I, I want to take, you know, 10, 20, 30, I don't know, folks all prayed up. I'm going to ask thousands of people to pray for us, but I want to find out if it's Cle- they're going to be in Cleveland. I want to find out if they're going to be in my area, and I I, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to you engage know, it. Wow. The Antifa thing is really interesting, Russ. And I don't know how many people saw this from the Gateway Pundit. Um, how far ago was this? Uh, this was just not just a few days ago. Antifa leader, November 4th, millions of Antifa, Antifa super soldiers will behead all white parents. This was a tweet from a guy named Tom Bloke, who apparently is one of the heads of a Antifa movement, and they said that they're threatening violence and targeting white parents and small business owners. Now, I have a, my own opinions on what's going to happen November 4th, and Russ, I think you're right. I think you're only going to see a handful of cities, see actual groups of people on the streets protesting. 
Cleveland might be one of those. I don't know. But uh, unless I'm missing something, it seems like the mainstream media uh, was really uh, kind of, it was forced, they were forced to cover the violent side of Antifa. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure who, how many people are really willing to, to get out there and fight with them. Dad, I know you got a lot of opinions on, on Antifa, but the spiritually well, charged. Opinions, but also people who've, who've made it inside. And yeah, they're, they're arming themselves, which is tremendous. And by the way, the ISIS Antifa connection has been proven. Ed Klein, in a book coming out at the end of this month, documents that. But the, the Islamic component. What they said about beheading people in their tweet. Right. I mean, that tells right. you a lot. So right yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, uh, okay, so, uh, but the darkness associated with this, Russ, is just. But tremendous. yeah, the point you made about spiritually, uh, through these rituals and and um, ritualistic killings, that they can actually spiritually charge this sure. movement, and that might be why you have the timing of this the way it is. I mean, why not make it on the eighth of November, the one year anniversary of Trump winning the election? Uh, you know, why this date? And I, that's a really good question. Well, and you know, I, and here's what I think too. I mean, um, and this needs to be said. I said it in Baton Rouge. I said it in Georgia. And the in the body of Christ in America, I don't know if they don't. We don't understand this. When you have hundreds of millions bowing down to Allah, we got to be very frank. This is this is an intellectual study, uh, a historical study, a uh, research study of the Quran and the whole development. Allah never was God, is not God, never will be God. Uh, at the very least, he's the ancient moon demon, territorial moon god. Uh, huge, a big power as far as in the dark world. Uh, possibly, he is the very entity, the prince of Persia. When you look in the book of Daniel, where the prince of Persia covered, that's where Allah has had his reign. Now, when they bow down in the mosques all over the world, and when Obama had a, a room in the White House, they were bowing down, summoning doing the Shahada, summoning a demon territorial powerful entity. Usually a demon territorial spirit will have many thousands and thousands to extend because they're not they're not omni, omniscient, they're not omnipresent. Um, they'll have many other demons um, on, in ranking across the board. Every mosque would have those spirits. So when I see them bow, submitting to this entity, and then calling and summoning and saying the name in the Shahada, um, it is no different than when I see real rituals and them in hoods and so forth summoning and calling the name of those entities to show up to release power and to be empowered and fueled. The the demonic presence and power in them um, guides them to slaughter and kill and, and, and do what they're doing. We all agree it's rising. It's not dissipating. Uh, it's rising. And so for uh, Antifa, if if this is what they're part of, if 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 they're all kind, of, here's what I'm going to. Whether it's New Age, Wiccan, Islam, eventually all those independent streams we, we realize all have one source. And the more it rises, the more we're going to see all the spiritual connection is the same and is going to keep moving in the same direction. Everything in biblical prophecy teaches us, everything I know about demons shows me that they are going to be guiding and leading for violence and, and destruction and and uh, and tearing 
So I wanted to see about counter-infiltrating because I want to see if there's third-generation satanic super soldiers, the ones that we deal with. I want to see if they're there. Because some of the video clips I've seen today, it's like, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking wide eyes right now in the sense some of these individuals talking remind me of, of, of real satanic super soldiers. Split program, demonized, all ready to do their job, um, with n- no sense of conscience. They don't care. Uh, that de- that demonstrates either you have gone so far, either you have blacked out your conscience, like the Bible says, seared as with a hot iron, or you definitely have demonic presence because they love blood, they love terror, they love violence, they love destruction, and they want to bring it culturally. They want to bring it across the board. And it's and, and Doug and Joe, biblical prophecy shows this. What I research shows this. It's going to continue to build, and it's going to get faster, and there's going to be more, and it's going to seem like everything's out of control, and there's going to be great, great, and, and, and that includes, and I believe this, the dark side's rise in its presence is part of the reasons why we see the environmental issues, hurricanes, the 100-mile-wide the storms, uh, and, and destructions, and, and, and earthquake things. This is involved in the end of days. There's no end of days without the acceleration and manifestation of more demonic, satanic powers, presence, than in the collective history of the world. And uh, that's a very good point, Russ. My dad mentioned to me uh, on Antifa, real quick, they're also doing something called Screaming at the Sky. And this is real. I know this sounds funny, but this mm-hmm. is real. They're gonna. Do they have a at the same time, Dad, or is it just any time during the November eighth? You can go outside yeah, and scream at the sure. sky. Paul Joseph Watson did a video about it. But is there any spiritual significance to what they're doing by going out and screaming at the sky? Good point. There's a scripture we read in Ephesians four: Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down your anger and give the devil a foothold. Anger is a way of giving a doorway, a tupas, allowing demonic presence to heighten it, to accelerate it, and make it a stronghold. So, with with the eyes that I have, and what I would say, if you're seeing folks that are so angry, and so, it's just that vicious, that they have to go out and, in a rage, unleash that, collectively... That's that's a doorway for demonic attachment. That's a doorway for dark side to fuel from anger and bitterness to rage and then releasing that in action. Okay. Very interesting. And, and there it is. Yeah. And, and uh, but but you've got these unwitting mope, you know, mopes out there that are just doing it mm-hmm. uh just to do it, but I think I think like uh, a fashion statement. Yeah, but they got no they've got no idea what they're what they're inviting mm-hmm. in. Kind of like somebody playing with a Ouija board, thinking, oh, it's all right, you know, but no idea what they're doing. Um, The doors that they're opening, it's amazing. And and so, all right, wow. But, but yeah, I agree with with this. You know, you mentioned Antifa, the beheadings, and, uh, well, here we are. And and I go back to your book, Block Awakening, too, because I, I can see this. I can see how this is all coalescing now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, really. And but but people don't. Did you get people who? Uh, and I'm sure you do, Russ, who, who say, "Oh, that's just a bunch of hokum." You know, you're this really doesn't exist. Um, it, but I don't think it really matters what they or we believe. It matters what they believe because their belief is the driver of their action. Sure. Right. I mean, that's sure. kind of what the way it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, off off of my uh, shoulder back here, um, there's four books sitting sideways on that desk behind me. One of those books is called Stained by Blood, right? Hmm. Uh, I've heard of that. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, I have made all of my staff read it. I have uh, purchased it by Kindle and sent it to numerous individuals because what killed, murdered, you know, your, your relative and then the pictures and the things that he had and what you see there is what we've dealt with for years. Um, it's the Ezekiel 8 issue. When you have men in satanic robes or and the masks or naked, when you have an altar built out of human bones and them sodomizing, sexually destroying children, you've got what they did in the days of Moloch and Baal and the demon gods. The demon gods are all about... You know, that kind of perverted sexuality, the demons guide the men to transfer demons, to draw the demons. They, de- listen, Christians need not be afraid to study the scriptures on who Satan is, what he's all about, what his nature is, why he does what he does. Uh, it's vital that we know this and know our power and our authority and our armor. And then like David, when we know this and see Goliath, kids, pedophile rings, all this kind of stuff, we can either, we get in the choices, stay in the rocks with all the soldiers that are afraid, and there's nothing, evil just continues to accelerate and get louder. Or like David, he was incensed, and so in the name of the God of heaven, he ran, he ran towards, he ran after. Wasn't Goliath running after David, David ran after Goliath. That's the kind of believers we have to become. And we need to do it in this venue to share with tens of thousands and millions. We need to um, passionately do it on our daily basis and in serving the Lord and advancing the kingdom. Let me say again, based on biblical prophecy and all of the blood and guts I have seen, it is going to get extraordinarily worse than you've seen in the last 10 years. And nothing's going to stop it. We're on the slide downward towards, um, you know, the coming global chaos. So this is called, what we're in right now is called the Odin, the times of sorrow. Matthew 24, Jesus said, the Odin, tumultuous, chaotic, violent, um, disturbing, dismantling. Uh, that's what we're in. We're in prophecy, not just waiting for, we're in the fulfillments and there's more to come. Uh, so by knowing scripture, you're, ex- you're, you're, you're given extraordinary advanced intelligence, knowledge, information, preparation. Um, and on the basis of that, you gotta choose. And if you choose to step out to run against, to run at evil in the name of the Lord, to run and do the kingdom of God in the context of evil, um, then you're going to find tremendous empowerment from God, tremendous aid. God's going to be with us all the way. He's going to be with us, just like in, in David's case. 
but we, but, but Christians here in the West, we have to become tougher. We need to know what it is. John Wesley, the great evangelist, preaching in, in England years ago, and he's preaching down these alleys, and somebody threw a rock and hit him in the head, and blood began to come down his head. John Wesley reached up with his sleeve, it said, and he wiped away the blood, and he kept on preaching. Uh, that's, that's the mentality. We have to have tough Christians. Um, we have to have strong Christians. We have to have, we have, we could become the people that do not back down from this and engaging, uh, these individuals in the name of the Lord by the power of God. Um, that's how we're going to do it. And we're going to preach the gospel out loud. If they want to go out and scream, we're going to go out and, 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 and unleash praises. Uh, God inhabits the praise of His people. If they're going to go out and, and scream violence and, 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 and unleash anger so that demonic stuff can attach, we're going to come in the name of the Lord with authority to rebuke that, pray for God's power to come in. And, uh, you know, that's, we have to have a response. Doug Joe, we can't just sit back. We, we have to have boots on the ground response. I know you're absolutely right. And, and having, uh, stronger faith will lead you to uh, acting stronger in that faith. And as you said about the story of David and Goliath, that it was David who was chasing, chasing Goliath. And, uh, and you're right on the money when you talk about the, the, uh, toughness of Western Christians needs to change a lot. And I don't think many even know their, their own strength. Um, you know, we go through spiritual battles in our everyday life, but how many have really been put to the test, you know, with, um, uh, you know, a series of, of bad things happening in your life or whatever the case is. So uh, I think a lot of people don't even know what their abilities even are and, and you know, what they can, um, what they can do and what they, and what boundaries they can push and lines they can push to know, uh, where they are in areas they are stronger at. But it's going to come sooner or later. And as you said, the, you know, the chaos, whether it's natural disasters, whether it's, uh, you know, political violence is going to continue to increase as we move through these prophetic times. And, mm-hmm. you know, what we see today might seem like it's a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, what that might look like in five years, we might be praying for the days of that. We will be praying for the days of today for the calmness that we still have today. Yeah. Yeah. That I know you had a question. You know, well, Russ, we saw, I mean, what you're describing. Um, we saw October 1st, Las Vegas, that shooting in Las Vegas. No doubt there, there is a spiritual component to that that I think everyone is perhaps overlooking. Uh, any thoughts on that? What we saw? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, in anyone I've engaged underground program shooters, four categories fit. Number one, to kill and slaughter and cause as much damage and as much mayhem as possible. That's a satanic program type of shooter. That's what they're all about. Uh, they're all about the largest number. It wasn't just an assassination of one individual. This was a slaughter, a massacre. And they wanted, and he wanted more. Secondly, obviously he was no novice, though they, you know, all his friends said he, um, with his with his weapon inside, not hanging out, it's like the colonels and everybody we've listened to say everything he did was militaristic. He was like a highly trained assassin, a highly trained in in all that was necessary in what he did. Thirdly, um, 
when it came down to the end of it all and him being caught, what's he do? Uh, it, it seems as though he committed suicide. They all have suicide program. Fourthly, what happened afterwards? All of his friends, everybody said, oh, that's not him. He's not that kind of person. He would never do anything like that. They're seeing a completely other individual. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know him. I didn't get to see, you know, I, you know, so there's no way I can say for sure, but he fits four major categories of a highly programmed shooter killer. And if that's true, somebody programmed him. It was all done by the handlers. And, um, I mean, I believe there was more than just him, but, but if he was a program shooter and, and slaughterer the way he did this, now think in terms of this when it comes to the Black Awakening concept and the and, and Revelation, the, the Red Horse prophecy. Um, what if what if what if five thousand Stephen Paddocks were released in one weekend? That's right, as you write about in Black Awakening. So when I'm looking at this thing all across the nation, I don't think that's the Black Awakening yet. I, I mean, as far as the Red Horse prophecy yet, um, but this is precursor. Uh, I don't know who's among these people. I don't know who they're recruiting. Anybody? Everybody? And and who's what's who's the center of this? What's the center? Who is the leader behind all of this? Because thousands are joining up with it. Um, but but we need to take a look at who really is at the center of this. Um, a side note: if if George Soros is involved, now see, I believe George. See, I believe the Antichrist has already been born. He's already operative, but. But the the apocalypse to the world has not yet occurred. He's he's still being restrained. He's held back. Uh, but if he has a table and if he's operative and if he's working, I'm I'm saying I would be very sure that Soros would be sitting at that table. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And good uh, point, though. Russ, I don't know. You know, if you've ever dealt with the what we heard about Paddock, which we don't know if it's true or false is one that he, he had some anxiety but who doesn't and two you know his that Mary Lou Danley made statements that he would uh when he would be sleeping at night that he would you know scream be screaming in his sleep mm-hmm. uh kind of like night terrors i don't know if there's if you've seen or heard of any side effects of of that programming you talk about but uh, i would imagine that screaming in the middle of the night in dread uh, would be one of them well, and again, if he's if he's been split and programmed inside of him, he's like this. Um, and maybe Stephen, when he's up during the day, which is in t- that you know, when when he's been split and programmed, they want Stephen to be up to do what Stephen does, uh, nonchalant in society, on nobody's radar, kind of fades into everything, just doing what he's doing. But the programmed highly trained subpersonality um, had to have been taken up and pro you know trained too now that's GH Estherbrooks again that's the guy that wrote in 1947 they already learned how to do that that they can create an alter personality create a program shooter so this is not new this is and that's not my material that's them they've already described um, this world-renowned psychiatrist psychologist GH Estherbrooks He's already said that they've been able to do that. We know that. 
We have little glimpses of Monarch and MKUltra. That's just little bits of information out. But when you deal with program shooters and you see them, you see them switch to one personality to the other, um, every programmed personality inside one of these individuals have a job. But the, the handlers have given the job. The handlers have programmed each part of them what to do. So, again, program shooters... When they're triggered to do their assignment, they'll do it. But they also have a programmed part of them that after it's done, they're triggered to come up and take the body out. I have watched over the years. I could tell you about the federal officer's wife. She struggled. There's times she would just cry, and, and her, the woman, she's dead now, so I'll say her name. Her name is Margie. Margie would want, you know, she would she would really want to fight this she really realized what's going on many of them don't realize and have zero control that's the way they're created that the main person is supposed to be amnesic and have no control over stopping the programmed subpersonality that handlers are doing so if Stephen Paddock was a programmed shooter and I say that he fits at least four categories it looks like it then this was all done by deep deep state if not deep satanic state um, he did what they do he did what they're going to do I'm, I'm saying that the red horse prophecy in scripture warns that from the dark side by design by plot one day there are going to be thousands and thousands of homes, Jared's, VTech shooters, Boston bomber types, and, and Stephen Paddock's, thousands and thousands released with the goal to bring down millions globally, which moves to the black horse that will help collapse the economic and food chain system that will move into the green or pale green horse that'll unleash then battles and skirmishes and all all the rest of that. So the scripture gives us the dire warning of what the dark side's going to cause. This is what they're going to do. We have advanced intel that listen, the NSA doesn't have this, the CIA doesn't have this. They can't that's not in their grid to understand this. Let alone they are targets to be assimilated. So if we don't understand how listen, the fallen cherub Satan if we don't understand how real he is, he brought down the human race. <laughs> there is no Antichrist, no end of days without them. So I'm going to say again, the source of all of this, the source of all the physical rumbling, the rise of the pharmacy, the drug trade, the rise of 12 million in Mexicans bowing down to, to the saint of death, which is an ancient Mesoamerican goddess that demands human sacrifice. Uh, they're going to do it. That's why 164,000 in Mexico in 10 years are dead. The combination of drug lords and, and summoning demons is, is clear and inseparable in Mexico right now. And it's, it's bringing effect to the world. So pharmacia, demons, engaging demons, and the sexual perversion issue, those are the three main global embedded addictions um that will that will be such a stronghold that when God interrupts and and calls the world to repent, 
they'll refuse their worship of demons. They're going to refuse their embrace of the pharmacon drugs issue, and they're going to refuse based on their highly perverted, addictive sexual decadence. And it's all growing. It's all growing. And, and, I, and I like how you put this, and I think people have to look at this with with a wider lens, as I like to say, because you've got you've got the acceptance of this culture of sexual perversity, and, and not only that, you've got the exportation of, of that to to others, um, the this celebration of sexual perversity, not diversity, but perversity. Uh, packaged as diversity and then that right along with that is the is the illicit heroin drug uh, issues those issues and then the violence so all of these are interconnected interrelated under that umbrella of darkness I suppose um, as as prophesized in the Bible, and and this is why. And, and if I'm reading you right, or if I'm hearing you right, what we're what what the world is not doing, and what certainly what the church isn't doing, is recognizing that that level of depraved evil that is being unleashed in the world. And not only are we not are they not exposed, the church is not exposing it, but certainly they're they're not equipped to fight it. Either, and that's where you come in, right? In in, and that's my great concern. The world's the one. The world's in big trouble. Revelation twelve, the the announcement as Satan goes down to the world, um, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. The greatest devastations in human history are coming very soon. The world's never seen before. Jesus said it's unprecedented. So we have the intel concerning that. We need to be able to use that to give the dire Because the rest of the world, they're asking questions why, even like with this Antifa stuff. See, I see all of this as a result of of the agenda. It's, it's pushing. It's like if you shake a table, eventually something's going to fall off. So the underworld is being shaken, and, and powers are rising and pushing, and Antifa is a part of that. Um and the, the why there are why there are millions of victims of SRA that's a part of that why there are 12 to 15 million worshipers of a skeleton dressed in a bride's gown in Mexico called the saint of death which is an ancient demon that do, that demands human sacrifice why um because the world without Christ they're so vulnerable in being sucked in cuz there's so much dark spiritual strength we as believers we have superior everything, everything we have, word of God, spirit of God, authority, armor of God, the living Savior over us, God's promises. God's going to be doing a lot of things in the world. He's going to back us all the way. So, but I think true, truly, um, you know, in the 40 years I've been a believer, there's been, there's a time when I, I was really seeing a lot of revival and things are going on uh, up through the late 70s and so forth, but I have also watched as the church has been dumbed down, dulled down, quieted, silenced. I believe that course with the rise of the dark side through actual ritual summoning and unleashing, sending power. The rise of that includes the suppression of the church. It goes hand in hand. And if we don't recognize this, 
We'll be lulled to sleep. We'll be no, La- Laodicea could not see good enough to know their condition was dire. They were spiritually naked, pitiful, poor, blind. Jesus had to tell them that. Because they're saying, hey, we're good. We got it. No. We have to come under the Lordship of Jesus and with the Word of God to see spiritually where we are. I told the folks in Georgia, I also told the folks in Baton Rouge, when we gather as a church, it should be the most supernatural, powerful interaction on the planet because God is among us. Spiritual gifts, power in prayer, power in the Word of God, um, saving, healing, delivering, uh, the power of the authority of the Lord. It should be this incredible, supernatural gathering. But what's happening is people are gathering for 55 minutes, 60 minutes. They walk away bored. They don't remember if they even met God last Sunday. That is um, that is a caricature. That's Sardis. Once alive, now dead. That's that's a that's absolutely what we're not supposed to be. So I don't care how dark it gets. That doesn't negate any of our power, none of our authority, none of our stuff. So let, this is the good news. Every single believer who wants to believe God, who wants to become stronger, who wants to grow, James tells us the Word of God, you know, we're to draw near to God, and God's going to draw. If we draw near to God, He's going to draw near to us. If we want to be clothed with the power of the Spirit of God and be a soul winner and be a witness for Jesus, if we want to pray for healing, if we want to go out there and engage people and and, and pray against any demon we find, we are supposed to be the aggressors. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not withstand the onslaught of this powerful, uh, incredibly God-indwelt, fired up by the Spirit of God, church, people, us. So um, I just tell, I'm just saying to every believer, the good news is the Lord Jesus is here. Because of the radical evil, let's get outraged against it and say, God, give me everything you've got. Give me everything. I need, we need everything. Um, and, and we want to, we want to unleash it in this world right now. It's, listen, it's urgent. We got to do it now. We can't wait another 10 years. I don't know if we have another 10 years. So we got to do it now. We got to do it tonight. We got to, we got to do it right now. Absolutely. Uh, Russ, we got about eight minutes left in the show. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that we haven't covered that, that you want to cover. Um, but just in the, in, the, in the last few minutes, I guess we, you just uh, summed up very nicely everything that, that we need to do, that people need to do. And you asked the question, you know, did uh, while you were at church, was it a an experience? Did you, you know, talk to God? Did you pray? And many people are removed. Um, we see this so often with, with a lot of churches today that the church itself is removed from the from the biblically um, foundation and foundational teachings that it gives right. us. And then you see the pastors that don't, you know, that choose, you know, what they're going to and not going to preach about. You know, one of the big things is not preaching about sin, and there's no conviction. So you don't have this in the church, and and it has. Uh, I've I read a lot of comments on uh, stories on online. And it, people are, are amazing in the insight that they share, but, uh, somebody asked a question today, you know, with, um, about, you know, when people say they're Christians, was it over 70% of the country claims to be Christian? But how many of it, church or no church, actually behave as though they're Christian? Because it's one thing to believe, it's right. another thing to, to behave. And, um, 
I, I said all that to say to folks out there, and we, we used to say this a lot, uh, who can't find a church that is um, faithful enough to the Word of God, you can start your own study groups. You can find other like-minded people in areas around you. You know, you can put up mm-hmm. flyers in, in public places. You can start message boards on the Internet. There are things you can do to make a difference. And in, instead of always expecting other people to be the ones who make the difference, each and every one of us has the ability to step into that role and and uh, be the change, be the difference that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right on, Joe. I mean, you're absolutely. I mean, that's it. And again, I'm a you know being a pastor, and, and I love the body of Christ, and and even when there's damage in Sardis and Laodicea, Jesus comes to deal with it, wants them to repent, and offers them a way back. But here's what I do believe happening: just what you said. If the Spirit of God, listen, if there, you know how you know how it is. All the conferences, there's so many millions of believers in America. They're not going anywhere because they're just saddened of the sickness and the emptiness and the departure. Um, so here's what I'm going to say: I believe that many believers should listen to the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God leads you to start a home church, it's a lot of work. And that means, you know, not only gathering together and being faithful yourself and leadership and development, and you need to be evangelizing and you need to, you know, be empowered the Spirit of God. Because you could have a 10,000 member church and there'd be no spiritual power. You can have 20 believers, or like on the day of Pentecost, 120, uh, or like the disciples. And ultimately, it's, it's really ultimately, you know, first of all, Romans 8, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, if you're not born again of the Spirit of God, um, you don't even know Jesus. It's God wants to come into your life. He wants to, The Spirit of God wants to come into your life. Jesus wants to be your Savior and Lord. He wants to bring the forgiveness. The only way you can find forgiveness and new life and, 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 and the gift of eternal life is to repent and turn to Jesus and receive Him, and to be then to be filled with the Spirit of God, and then to grow in the power of the Word of God. And if we grow, to, if we grow rightly, we're going to grow powerful. Everything is designed for us to grow deep and strong. The joy of the Lord being our strength, um, and then and then the you know Jesus said, "By their fruit, you're going to know them," and that includes answers to prayer, soul winning, healing, and deliverance. It includes the character of Christ and 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 who we are. That's who we are as believers. Uh, and, and the urgency right now be, for thousands of believers, many of your listeners, Doug and Joe, are are the kind of believers that, that have gotten tired. They don't know where to go. Um, but I would say this: start with where you're at, and say, Lord, I, I maybe got to get two or three believers with you. And start the prayer meetings, and 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 start studying together, and launch out and start doing ministry, and then see if the Spirit of God leads you to start a home church, and go from there, or to find something in the city to connect somewhere. But you pursue the Lord. God is faithful. God is absolutely faithful. Every promise is true right now, and that includes for our own lives, for Him to heal us and strengthen us. And 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 uh, there's no there's no need to sit around to be. I mean, look at the world. I'm not depressed about the world. I'm outraged. I feel an urgency. And I know that we have a brilliant, um, indestructible message and a message of hope in Jesus Christ. And that when we unleash that gospel to people, God's going to be faithful to convict. convict. The Spirit of God will convict of sin, of righteousness and judgment. Uh, that's how it's going to happen. 
But if nobody's hearing the gospel, if nobody's going out on the power of the Spirit of God, then the other side gets free reign. We just need thousands of us out there. being. And I, my, my great example is Philip in Acts chapter 8. A young guy, but look at that kind of believer. Every one of us can become that kind of believer. Really, I, I, that's the truth. We can all become that bold, that strong, that um, competent and confident in Christ, in Jesus, and, and, and love doing it. Uh, I love doing what I'm doing, though it involves the man in Pennsylvania that held up an eight-year-old naked girl by her throat, choking her out, so he could cause the other girls fear and force them into sexual acts and, and being filmed. Doug... Go yeah. with me. Help yes. me. Yes, yes, I'm there. Yeah, and, and yeah, um, you've got a team. You've got a team. Of course, your own team, but you've got a team here with us. And this is what we do. Uh, I, I say that with very much respect to Russ Dizdar. I mean, I, we don't do what he does, but we certainly are in support of Russ Dizdar. In uh, anything we can do. And we ask for your prayers and support for Russ and his team, and of course, by extension, us as we, as we, because look, if we do nothing, what good are we? Really, if we if we sit back here and do nothing, what good are we? We're not. We're, we're not. So, um, in, indeed, and, and we will not just assist you, but we will give everything we've got to you to overcome or to battle against the, this this force of darkness and. Uh, Russ, you're the real deal. We're at the end of the program. We've got about two minutes left. Shatterthedarkness.net is your website. And your new book coming out is, tell me again. Expelling Darkness. Expelling Darkness, okay. And that's coming. That'll be, it's available for pre-order, pre-sale right now. It is. And, and uh, I think I think the publisher will have it on its site seven to ten days. And then when I have, you know, then when I get them here, then we'll release them to the pre-sale. But it, it should be up. Uh, you can get a pre-sale at a big discount, and I don't want to be do a sales job here, but but um, it, it it it'll be on the hopefully on the publisher's site. Just keep watching my site in in seven to ten days. That book will be um, up direct, uh, or you All can right. get a pre-sale and we'll send it to you directly. This sounds great, and, and I'm looking forward to reading that. And I'm sure, folks, if if you do nothing else, just that, that book will be well worth the money. And, and to those people, you know, I say saddle for battle. And for those people who who like the who who say that they're Christians and like to say, well, that's um, you know that's cute, but uh, you're doing it wrong, or you're you're a bad Christian, or you're not the right Christian, or you're um, you know misquoting doctrine, or you're, you're you're, you're capitalizing on fear or your whatever you know whatever your your friendly fire might be against us um hey this is the, you know we, we're in the fight of our lives uh and i i just I, i've got nothing to say to you N- not nothing to say to you but I, I do have to say to the people who are support us and who are behind us uh that we are going to go out there we're going to fight we're going to help russ and uh or actually we're just going to be it Russ's you know, call whenever he needs us. Uh, we need to do this. We need to do this now because if not, uh, if not us, who? Certainly not not the critic out there. Certainly not the people who are taking us down out there, and certainly not the people who we're fighting against. So, Russ, I thank you so much for your guts, man. All right, All right. love you guys. God bless you, my friend. Thank Thanks, you. Russ. Love you too, man. We're Blessings. talking. Mm-hmm. That was uh, 
Powerful, powerful by Russ Nizar. I, I don't, Joe, I, I don't know. Seriously. Shatterthedarkness.net is the website, and his radio show again airs on Global Star Radio Network just before our show from 6 to 7 p.m. Yep. So make sure you tune into that as it's, uh, it's always fantastic. Russ is the guy, man. He's a real we'll deal. We'll be uh, getting to see him soon. Yep. Uh, Eric, your equipment's down there and ready to go, so we're we will have yeah. to get down there to get that all hooked up. And um, somebody asked, we got an email um, about a conference that we're supposed to be at with Russ this fall. I don't know anything about it. I don't think we know anything about it. So we'll find out. I didn't want to ask. I'm not there. going home. I'm not going anywhere. So we'll get back to you with that. But that'll do it for us tonight. God bless. Have a great night. We will be back here tomorrow. Yeah.